Welcome to another edition of Bottom of the Bill, no, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, 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 no. Why not? He wasn't ready. He wasn't I'm set up. Ready, dude, well, those are the best ones where you I'm just kind of go right I'm into it. This is the sloppiest entrance ever, and it's supposed to be the 50th episode. Okay, we're, we're here. <laughs> right, let's do it. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Bottom of the Bill, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got our boy Ben Strock here tonight. Pleasure. Of Widgeon. Bro, thank you so much. You're our first repeat guest, by the way. All right. Well, yeah. I'm happy to be here. I'm stoked. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, I did. I, I kind of wanted to add on that we were just talking about Chicago and the music scene well, and hang how on. crazy we got it is cheers. there. Oh, we got cheers first. Okay. Fiftieth right. cheers. 50th, hey, cheers. Fiftieth episode. Congratulations. Guys. Thanks, Congratulations. Man. Appreciate That's it. Quite an achievement. It, it's it's been a it's it's you know it's a lot of work and it's been a lot of it's been uh, a lot a lot of planning and a lot of effort goes into what we're doing here. It's don't like, lie. But for the last for the last <laughs> last two weeks, though, I noticed you don't have a laptop or any questions. I'm just fucking winging it these days, He's bro. Just winging See it. what I'm saying? A lot of work, he said. Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, I'm putting you, in less work now. When did you call Ben to be our uh, guest for our 50th episode? A couple days ago. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was a confirmation. It's been really scheduled for like five months. Yeah. Oh, it has. But it's yeah. a case where, like, we talked before. Uh-huh. We have. We talked uh, Janet. Yeah, I'll say yeah. Janice. She, Janice. Yeah. I fucking forgot about Janet. Yeah. Exactly. That's how great of a job. That's how great of a job she does. And um, <laughs> you know, we're looking for, we're still looking for a replacement. But the COVID stuff's made employment tough. It's hard yeah. to get good. Uh, it's hard to get good. Uh, you know, resource planning in, in place, and it's just a challenge we're working through. And so yeah. I'm sorry that, you know, you feel like it was a couple days ago, Bill. But Anton had reached out. I oh, got yeah? the emails forwarded to me. Yeah. Um, we're working through. We got some logistical. Challenges. I think you need to find a replacement for Janice. We're I really don't like her t- her tone in, uh, through email either. I think she's doing bad things for uh, you. She, look, it, this is a case. This is a case where she's not necessarily proofreading, and it's some of the things that you think. You know, you got to watch for tone when you write. Does she know about Grammarly? Uh, okay, you, you I've encouraged a lot of resources. And yeah. There's been nothing spared to try to help her, you know, improve in those kind of areas and. You know, we've been extremely supportive, and I'd like to see everyone succeed in the organization. But unfortunately, this is a case where there's not a lot of momentum. We're That's working good. through it. We're working through it. Off the cuff, Did I love it. Did you give her some sort of career ladder or anything like that? Or are you just kind of upset that she left because... Uh, well, she hasn't left. No, she hasn't left. That's oh, more she's why She's just I'm super upset. incompetent. Yeah, her pink slip ain't showing yet. <laughs> Look, we. I, I believe in chances. You know, I believe in chances, and I think that there's potential there. It just needs unearthed. <laughs> well, when you when you changed your name to Widgeon, how was that? Whose idea was that? Was that? So we're going right in. I like it. No, 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 no. Was I was? Uh, how did Janice feel about that? Oh, how did she feel about that? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, she was she was in Mexico on a bender against the non-travel protocol. So I don't really know how she felt. Yeah. Um, and we haven't really talked about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, everybody kind of fucking sweeps that on the rug. Uh, that fucking Ted Cruz did that shit. No, not not during that, a like, blizzard in yeah Texas, during a blizzard yeah. in Texas and everything like that. But the uh, that he uh, decided to go down there and then his excuse was like, yeah, I was just dropping my kids off. Oh yeah, of course. And like a Hawaiian yeah. T-shirt and the fucking yeah, I was just dropping them off. Okay, yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. That's what happens all the time. Everybody does that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not weird. It's not so ridiculous. It's not unusual. Well, like the shit that they tell politicians just to say. And like tell people like how how dumb they must think that we all are. Well, people you know, eat it up though. I mean, yeah, where's the co- where's the consequence? Like the what, who was the lady who went? Uh, Nancy Pelosi, right? She closed down. The, yeah, the she hair closed salon down the salon because she wants to get her hair done, but she's telling everybody like not wearing a mask. Or she's anything. like telling everyone, hey, you know, we got to be. 
look, there's a lot of goofy stuff going on, a lot of behavior unanswered for. Sure, All totally. we can do is uh, be the best uh, version of ourselves for each other. Yeah. Because they're not doing it for us. Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> so, not setting a good example no, at no, all. No, 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 we've got to, you know, we were supposed to be self-governing anyway, so I guess. I just thought that it was so fun. The governor of Texas is like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, this is what we do. We drop our kids well, it's off. It's no big deal. And he blames care. on his poor kids. Yeah, I know, right? It was, fucking scapegoats are <laughs> your, are your come kids, on, bro. Come on, man. I just love it so much. Uh, telemarketers calling me at 9 o'clock. God damn. Oh, it's probably Janice. <laughs> She's probably like, shit, I think there's something today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably Janice. Yeah, probably is. Um, all right, well, whatever I was going to say about Chicago is gone in the wind now. So oh, sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to, I literally was... It's trying okay. to make a joke about Janice, and then I asked that question. He thought I was like really trying to change the subject. I was. No, it's fine. It's fine. Let's get right into oh, it. Oh, I thought let's, it was an artful segue. I was like, let's Damn, stay. Billy's about business, dude. Number yeah. two. No, let's go. Yeah. Never am. Let's stay out of it. Let's stay out let's, of it. Let's yeah. not get into let's it. Get into <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ben's got nothing to promote right now. No, what, we're, what we're have, no, what no have you? Uh, uh, how how are you? How are you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> you just fine? I'm doing. Just dandy. If you had a uh, uh, rate your stress level on a scale of one to hundred, what would it be right now? Uh, right this second. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like at a three. Three out of a hundred. Oh, out of a hundred. Yeah. So thirty. Like yeah, thirty. Just scale up. But I mean, you know, like if we were talking like stress level like yesterday or like yeah. earlier today, then probably like around a sixty or a seventy. Oh my God, what's getting you today? It's just what's bro. Happening? It, now let's get in. Yeah, come on, man. Hey, we're on a couch. <laughs> we're on, on a couch. Should I be laying down for this? No. You might need to. I mean, uh, it pulls out. I'm fine, bro. It's just, it's <laughs> sure it does. It does pull out. It's, it's, it's <laughs> pull out game is strong. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, you know, you, I mean, everyone knows how it goes, man. Running a, running a, a band is running a business and you're trying to do the thing and there's a lot of moving parts and, you know, we don't have re- the, 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 the money to outsource all the work that, I feel needs to be done, so sure. it all falls on me. And there's a lot of deadlines. I'm also traveling to Turkey in like five days. I, say, you, I heard that last week, right? You're about, yeah. to, you're about to head to Turkey, so that's yeah, gotta so be that's, stressful. That's stressful as shit. And you're really, signing up for the Taliban. What, <laughs> let's. That's no. Anton. <laughs> Anton. Join the caliphate. For the, well, it's, he's trying out. I'm trying, trying out. It's not a sign-up list. Yeah. Just saying. I watched a couple of the the videos that you they posted. A couple of videos? Oh, my God. It kind of convinced me. I don't know. So, work, number 50 is when you got shut down by uh, the <laughs> yeah, CIA, right? right? The workout video that they did? Yeah. I mean, it sounds so like you ridiculous. get a really good exercise. The, the guy oh, that's boy. just, like, doing the, the dumbbell uh, curl or whatever, and then he's just like, yeah, I'm sticking yeah. up. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, this Good clip Lord. is gonna uh, go viral and get us canceled at the same time. Yeah. Why? So, so this is eating you up. So you've been getting eaten up, man. Uh, well, it's it's also I think just everything that has like as soon as we get back from Turkey, we get we're we're playing like the, like the next week we're playing up in Atlanta, which I just booked another date for. What? How's that the first thing? Uh, what is it? Uh, Columbus, Georgia, at a place called Legends. All right, Legends. Uh, Where's what's Columbus, Georgia like? Have you ever been there? Uh, I have passed through there that's not far from uh Butts I, there's a school right up there in there that's uh, you were saying we there's were, a school there. we were we were look. i would looked it up the other day there's no school there really like Columbus what am i thinking Tech. of that? i don't know there's no athens, i know what you're talking about there's something not no athens, not athens uh, it's it's further west i think what, but it's also it's either way uh that's what, great what, news yeah it's, it is great news it kind of it helps fill that weekend out for us but it's just like i have to make sure that all of the promo material is sent to the club uh, before I go to Turkey's, I'm not gonna have much internet access. We need a fucking Janice, so, dude. No, you yeah, don't. We need a we fucking. No, we don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's just it's, it doesn't matter. It's all boring bullshit. It's just a lot of stuff that's that's on my plate right now. So you know. No, but I think that's good for people that's listening, right? That that stuff never turns off. So yeah, you guys it, just finished an album release. Yeah. You just did a tour supporting it. Yeah. Now I feel like what the challenge from your perspective is what you know i guess where do i cultivate additional momentum from here right because you just yes. got to a benchmark right so yeah it's kind of like hey once i've achieved that or you've gotten through that process then do you kind of feel like and i'm guessing so you can tell me if i'm wrong but is the, is the kind of question in your mind hey now what do i do from here right because you're kind of you're retrospecting right you're taking all these lessons learned all these other things that came out of that experience and now you're it's kind of like any big show or a festival or something. There's so much work that leads up to that point that when you get done now, it's like, now what? Exactly. Sort of feeling. It's, so, like a, it's like a hangover or a jet lag or something. So you and I talked about this the other day briefly, and you and you asked like what the biggest lesson that I learned was. Yeah, I thought I that kinda, was cool. I kind of gave you like a fucking onslaught. Yeah, you gave me you a, couple, a couple things that uh, you were taking away from that. But that was cool. It was good to see how you're thinking about it. Yeah, and it's like I think that I put so much time and effort into – you know, how do we build the, the momentum leading up to this release? And I didn't think like I didn't think beyond that. I wasn't like, OK, so what do we do? Like, how do we keep the, the momentum building once it's been released? Right. So then after it's been released, now I'm like, OK, well, you know, you're, you're looking at the streaming numbers. You're looking at, you know, the, the, the dates that you're booking. You're looking at the, the, the merch sales. You're looking at all the stuff, whatever traction to social media and website stuff. And you're looking at that. and You're like, OK, well. There's some growth now. How do I keep the growth going? And I and I and I left. I found myself in this position where I was like, "Shit, I don't know." And then I had a discussion with a uh, uh, Jen uh, from Florida I Music. Swear Blog. to God, I thought you were gonna say Janice. No, no, no. One thing Janice knows about. You're talking to Jen. So and she kind of gave me some some good tips on how to keep momentum going on on releases. After the fact, so I started doing these uh, lyric videos uh, with a you know a big story, like a big with like this paragraph long insight behind the song yeah. and how it was constructed and the whole thing. Kind of like the digitalization of liner notes or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's it's that. And, and but had I would have thought about this beforehand, I could have gotten someone that could have done like a really professional looking thing and done it in a way that I would have really envisioned it rather than just me like, okay, f figuring this out last minute and pushing it out. Not to say that I, that I don't like what I'm like, like what we're putting out. I think that it's good. You should go check it out. Um, good but good yeah, good <laughs> but, uh, again, like, like being a, an, an independent band, there's a lot of resources and information that, that we're, we're not privy to that we're f figuring out as we go. Let me you ask know. you though. So, when you're going through that thought process, do you feel like, though, that maybe because of the fact that you're a, a growing independent band, that the fact that you are having to do all that stuff yourself, do you think that may work for you in a sense? Like, I always wonder, so when I'm getting into a new group or I find someone that I am really digging, right, um that when I see that about the group, you know, there's almost an additional incentive for me to have longstanding traction behind my interest in that group because of that. And so yeah. I'm wondering, Hey, you know, don't look at, don't look at the whole scenario maybe and say, Hey, you know, it would have been great if I'd had someone to do all these things for me and maybe make it better because there may be some kind of salt of the earth, 
like integrity behind you guys doing all that yourself that may work more for you. Yeah. Because people see that, right? People understand. I mean, I feel like, especially folks that are really invested in music enough to where if they discover some of your music or they like it or it comes up on a playlist and they see that, that they're going to gravitate more to that because they can say, hey, look, these people are putting their money where their mouth is on the effort side. And I get a sense of who they are because they're doing that stuff by themselves because there's no other way that I would have got to experience it. So don't count that power out is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And that that's definitely like the silver lining of the whole doesn't thing. Doesn't make it easier. Doesn't make it easier. <laughs> doesn't make it easier. And I'm just saying, hey, you know, that's a, that's an attractive thing for a lot of people. For me specifically, I would say that it is. Yeah, and with his content, you definitely know that he did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. So people are really going to. What are you really putting gonna, out, Bill? What am I putting out? Yeah. Some nasty key solos. Yeah. I still think about that album release, dude. The, uh, I was wondering, so in that release, right, you guys played great, I thought. Thanks, man. Um, I know uh, listening last week, you guys felt like that was maybe your weakest show, so I'm bummed I didn't see the Tampa one. But Don't say we. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the impression that you guys gave last week, that's what I felt like. And I was thinking, God, you know, bummer, because I thought it was great. So if it was even more on fire, I'm sad I missed it. And I guess what I thought was a couple really cool things was um, – the Stevie Wonder tune at the end. Yeah. Right? So that was very pulled and constrained. Like, the whole song was very, very tight and, like, kind of had a nice lid on it, which I actually really liked because it was living for the city, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I thought, hey, you know, tightening it down and keeping it very constrained felt really good. And at this point in the night, I was actually back in the green room, green room, like, getting all my crap together. And, and I was thinking why you guys were playing it, hey – the fact that it's pulled in feels really good. And then we got to the end where you had that really awesome uh, solo section through. Yeah. That and I was thinking, I was thinking, damn, son, like <laughs> I need I need like six or seven more moments like that in the set. Because I thought, wow, you know, I've known you for a long time. What's up? I've always, you know, appreciated the things that you're doing on the keyboard. I thought that was just a very well put together, not just section, but the whole way you took it, twisted it, and just owned it. And I relate to what, you know, I kind of went back and listened to last week, you know, because Brandon was on there. I wanted to check it out. But one of the things that I thought was really cool you were talking about is, like, how you deal with, like, social situations in and out of the show. And you were like, hey, you know, I, I really almost only feel comfortable, like, up there because I'm there and I have a purpose. Yeah, and, like, that's the only way I feel comfortable. Yeah, and I, I relate to that a lot. Yeah. And, and so, one – I kind of heard that part of it, and I was like, oh, boy, I really relate to that. But, two, I saw it in the way that you carried that section. Yeah. It was like, boy, I am really here, and this is what I do. And it's like all that tension was, like, released in that section for you, I felt like, as a listener. And it kind of all made sense that you feel that way, and I felt that way about watching the section, specifically in that song. And there were lots of great moments throughout the whole thing, but that was, like, you know, it was the end, and it was kind of the culmination of it, and it was just really well played and done. And I was like, damn, okay. So I want, I was like, I, I want, I want that. I want more of that. I'm, I was hungry for it. I was like, all right. Thanks a million for all the compliments. That was like, I said at the end of it, like, I have to get that. That's the best solo I've ever played in my entire life. Like, oh, without it was a great, fucking, man. With, no, without it was a great. Doubt, like just perfect. It yeah. was just slam. It was just slamming. Yeah. And you know, you guys supported, you know, him under that whole thing. And I know on a previous 
on a previous podcast. I don't know with, with when Max. it was. You guys were teasing that the guitar players oh, yeah. never. It was the one with Max. Yeah, you yeah. guys teasing that the you know the guitar players never support the section under. They don't build them up. And I thought that one was funny because that was occurring, and you were slamming. Oh yeah. And it was just a good example of a really great moment in you guys as a band playing, but you just delivered it all the way. I was Thanks, like, oh, dude. my God, all right. Uh, Sean will never let that go Anytime that I have a good solo on that song. I was like, yeah, the only reason you sounded good is because me and – well, it was Brandon, but it me and Brandon. Aaron are fucking carrying you the entire fucking way. I'm like, yeah, I mean, let's are. be honest. Fucking you Baba carries it. <laughs> Baba yeah. fucking carries it. But uh, Yeah, for but, sure. But it was just – it was like I said. It was a good moment of everybody supporting that structure, and then you had all the – it was like you had the wingsuit on. Yeah. You yeah. know? And I was like, oh, man. So you had, it. You had really, the wingsuit on for I sure. I really appreciate that. So what did you think about Anton's plan? <laughs> <laughs> Anton's always awesome, man. You're awesome. Uh, um, <laughs> Anton whiffed it. No, man. Anton, Anton's too hard on, on – your, you're too hard on yourself, man. Uh, you know, that's the thing. Like, you're, you, you play great. You've got lots of good ideas in your playing. You've got, you got to not be hard on yourself. It's, I it's, know everybody is, but it's it's just it, it's what I don't know how to describe. It. It's just one of those things, man. You know, like you just, you just listen, like you just listen back to yourself, and it just is, is what it is. Like no one else is gonna have the perspective that, that you have of your own playing. You know what I mean? So oh, I've never gone back to tape and been like, I'm in love with what I'm playing. It's like that thing. I think we talked about it a little bit last time. It's that thing with Jerry Garcia, right? Like sometimes you go out and you play and you feel like. You know, it was an awesome night, and you hear the tape, and you're like, "Oh God!" Yeah. <laughs> and other nights, it's you feel terrible up there, and you listen back, and you go, "Man, that wasn't what I thought I heard." Your ears trick, trick, you know, your own perception of everything. It's almost not worth. I try not to listen too much, actually, because well, it's just. Well, it's I, not worth it. I listen. We we, we listen back to, to to some of it. I never got to myself. I still haven't listened back. Yeah, to we, it. We'll, we'll we'll listen to that at some point. But nice. we, we listen to listen back to some of the set, and I I and I remember because. About, I remember feeling really good about the set about halfway through it, but I think you start you started getting comfortable as soon as Ben got on. We played uh, uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah, 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 yeah that, the was wall. Fun, yeah, that, that was fun. That was great. Oh yeah, fun, I kept on pointing you like flat five, flat five. We yeah. fucking nailed it. it was yeah, dope. I, no, I do remember that. that I want to uh, hear some tape of that, man. That yeah. was fun. Oh yeah, we got it. And yeah. I was like, it was so funny because you were you were just cracking me up the whole time, and I was like, the way that I had left the stuff set up, I wasn't really thinking ahead, you know. So I was like sideways, kind of in the corner. And when I was standing there, all I remember was we were playing and getting loose. And then I was, like, playing, standing up, and, like, leaning all the way back. So I was upside down watching <laughs> watching that's, you play, like, <laughs> leaning back upside down. That's hilarious. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. That was a great night. My mom, my whole family was there. Oh, great, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that set definitely got better as it went on. And, and I'll say this. This is a bit of, like, like – the way that I, I think about it is that when we play like the bar gigs and the cover gigs, I feel like I'm much, unfortunately at the moment, I'm much more comfortable in those scenarios. Why he's, is that? He's so much better. No. It's ridiculous to the Why point, is that? The well, point where you're just like, oh my God, you're so great and everything. And I take everything you say so seriously when you talk to me because you're like a god of music. And then we get on stage, I'm like, oh no, he's not. It's like the emperor's new clothes situation. Well, uh, um, so <laughs> let's unpack this a little bit, right? And this is what, this is what, I'll, this is what I'll say. Is that I play those songs at the bar gigs, right. just about every night of the week. There's no unfit. There's, there's. I'm, I'm so familiar. I know exactly. Like we've done every 
like scenario with those songs we, we've botched them we've like we've nailed them and and everything in between of that right so okay. i just i'm comfortable with it but like with with side hustle stuff it's like when we do like you know uh, up until recently we weren't playing these songs out at all right we, we and, and when we were meeting up we weren't rehearsing them we were just we were writing new material yeah so um you know we a couple rehearsals or whatever and then we get it we, we go out and we play them and there's a part of me that's not 100 percent comfortable playing the, the material in front of people yet there's a part of it where where you're presenting your own music and you want really badly for it to go over well and you're putting an uh an unreal unrealistic ex- expectation on yourself uh in the band to 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 do something that you know f- you know whatever it is like you like you want people to just to, to love it that much and i think that 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 kind like when i'm playing at a bar i really don't care what people think i'm going to do it, like i just go into my own world my own zone and do my thing i need to adopt that for the same thing well, with, what is with, it? yeah that's that's what that's what that's what makes my kind of wheels turn so you're going out there and you're playing like a cover gig, right? Yeah. And when you play the cover gig, you're delivering pieces of music that, for whatever reason, right? And maybe it's because it's not original music, right? You don't really care what people think. Like, yeah. That music has some kind of credibility, love it or leave it. The onus is on the original author. Right, exactly. You know? And then you go to play your music, and now the onus is on the original author, just like the covers, but you happen to be, or your group happens to be the original author. Right. Um, you know, maybe find a way to creatively disconnect from that a little bit, because to be honest, like it was something else. I think you were talking about last week on the podcast with Brandon, right? It was a case where you were talking about, Hey, one of the things that kind of throws you for a loop is like, the chasing of that validation. Yeah. Right. And that was something I think it was like specifically how you phrased it. And I thought that was so interesting because, you know, whether you're looking for comfort on stage or success universally, right. Who do you know that got any of the things they're looking for from just chasing validation? I think there's like a kernel of that in a lot of people. Like, I'm sure in a lot of ways, if you unpack, like, Freddie Mercury's life, there was this longstanding chase for some kind of validation, yeah. right? Or Elton John, right? There was this longstanding chase for maybe validation in their personal life, or David Bowie, maybe the same thing. But the art wasn't necessarily probably for validation, right? And then look at just those three people, the music they created and the way they were able to deliver it. I feel like... You know, because I've played with you a bunch of times and I know you as a player. Find whatever mechanism you can to peel away that like chasing of somebody else's validation. Yeah. And deliver the music that you wrote or that your group wrote because you think it's just important to deliver. Yeah. Not because it needs something in return. Right. Because that's that's where people get hung up. Like if you're delivering or I think and I'm not preaching here, I'm just saying like I've worked this out or trying to work it out in my own uh in my own group and in my own head is like you got to that's what people say do it for the love, right? Maybe that's what that's about, right? Delivering it without any expectation of return and then see what you get back. Yeah. That's, you know, if you give it and you're expecting something, 
I, you know, I mean, you've that, already screwed yourself. I think, well, to that, be honest. Yeah, no, totally. You're it also puts um, a responsibility on the art uh, on the audience too, which which they don't want, and, and they don't, and and they and, and they can feel right. So it's like I feel like that's that's like like a dynamic that is unfair. Hey, can I see your drink real quick? You sure can. Yeah, you're gonna share that with me. Okay. Are we doing a? We, no, but I'm saying that's what you're asking your audience to do when you're looking for validation. Exactly. It's like, let me see that drink. You're going to share that with me. Yeah. Instead of sitting here and having a drink together. And, and that's, the functional, that's the functional difference. And, and I think people aren't, people aren't dumb, man. People can feel that. Exactly. Even if it's not explicit, like the whole delivery mechanism of like music is so powerful. There are so many messages like how you're feeling while you're playing, I think even can translate without a word spoken right yeah and it's not just body language i mean like i think the way the notes or maybe the frequencies resonate i think the way the room interacts like everything's connected like music connects in this bizarre way and i think it's i think it relays everything yeah regardless of like whether you intend it to or not it has this funny way of you know it's spiritual right you can't fake that shit and and i'm pressing you on this because i know as a player, what you're capable of. And, and this is something that I didn't even think about until, and I really struggled with and have a lot of issues with, you know, working to be a better player and self doubt and, and, you know, those kinds of things. What made me turn a corner was when I was doing the, those lessons and I talked about it a little bit last time, right with Tony Smotherman. Yeah. And Tony was saying, Hey, you know, if you really are working to get better, you have to be okay with where you're at. And then that turned into over the last couple of years of kind of having received that like gift of knowledge, right? That turned into kind of what we're talking about now is also give without expecting back. Right. And that's like also part of like what defines love, which is also something else pretty powerful. So I, I really think, man, incorporate that into, you know, your approach. And I think like you'll feel different about what you're doing and that will resonate with people differently. I think that yeah, I think that, I think you nailed it on the head for sure. I think that's like a hundred. It also frees you to be yourself, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like you can be you. Like you can be Billy. You can be anti. I saw you being Billy. That's why I brought this whole solo thing up yeah. because you were you, man. It was completely yeah. you. The, you 100%. were moving. Your hips were moving. You were feeling good. You were being straight up Billy, unapologetically. That's, that's what my girlfriend says all the time. And it's, uh, it was like, uh, uh, do I look happy when I'm on stage? She's like, you look like the happiest person. <laughs> Yeah. ever yeah. <laughs> to exist when I play music. Yeah, that's how I am when I play. Yeah. Because I love it so much. Yeah. Maybe maybe you just love it too much? Maybe that's your problem? Well, no. My, my maybe it means no, way too much I know. The, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's what, that, that, that is the problem. The problem is that... Like, but I, yeah, the validation I, thing, like Ben's saying, with, I think that's it. The validation... The, 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 the validation... Out. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the validation thing comes from me attaching my entire identity to... to like my pl like my my ability to oh, play music, bad. which is silly because look at you, you're you're a friend, you're a best you're friends. a don't make it weird though, right? <laughs> Fifty, you know, no, but best you're friends. right? You're a friend, um, you're a reptilian, confirmed. You're a reptilian. <laughs> you're a reptilian. You're oh, I'm a brother. I'm a son. You're, you yeah, know, I'll like, say I'm you're a son. You're a brother. You're a companion. You're a lover. You're yeah. you're all these different things to these different people. Your identity isn't mute. That was like when. You know, heard of Watts wrapped up, right? Like, you know, I had to deal with a major sense of identity. Yeah. Because I had put a lot of that stock in that same place. Yeah. 
And, you know, I've never been more free as a musician, and I've learned a lot since then, both about myself and music and playing and working to improve and all these kinds of things, but didn't come until, you know, some of what I'm kind of encouraging you to ask, because those are things I ask myself. It's not like I'm sitting here saying, hey, you need to do this for yourself. All I'm saying is those are questions that until Tony was challenging me to, like, accept where I am, it was more than I think just, like, where I am as a player, right? It was like except where you are if you want to grow and then grow and that turned into for me learning how to give without expecting anything back and it's not because it's not important to me it's because it is important to me that i want to give it without expecting anything back that's a that's a serious uh paradigm shift and i think it will free you a lot and it will make you feel like hey when i go out there and i'm anton that's good enough because you know what no matter what that's all you're going to be able to give anyway. Yeah. Right? You're not going to be able to give something that you don't have. Right. Right. And so if you get comfortable giving who you are and what you have, I think it'll make a huge difference. And that's made a huge difference like in, in our group. Right. Like Brandon was talking about uh, a few of those kind of like thought process. We had a couple, we had a couple shows that we really struggled through. Like, especially we had some really good ones at first. And then we had some ones that we really struggled we had a good fall uh, last year, and then we got into the spring, and we had a show at a festival that we felt really good going into, and we really struggled through. And that's when a lot of those shifts consolidated as a group for us, and we had a lot of we had a lot of uh, really high moments since then. And I think it's because we've all kind of, in our own ways, fallen into some thought process along the lines of what we've been talking about. And there's also trust. When you can be Anton and Billy's being Billy, then, no, then nobody's worried about being anything. Never worried. <laughs> no right. one's worried about being anything. Right, right. Just go on stage, flip the whole audience off just to start. And be like, <laughs> just to start, yeah. And, that'd be saying, and then just be like, fuck now, you. Now you're starting I'm gonna at, play at a deficit. Guitar. So no, like, you're going to be like, I don't care about you right now. This isn't about you. This is about me. Yeah. And then flip <laughs> them all off. <laughs> Well, now we're smoke taking a, it to a whole different smoke a cigarette a on stage. Place, yeah. Yeah. Security's yeah. like, no, place. you can't fucking smoke on here. You'd be like, no, 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 no. You stay down there. Yeah. And then just rip it. See what happens. What, you oh, know, Lord. You know, I'm not condoning that, that set of advice, but, no. um, but uh, yeah. You should get Ben to co-host with you while I'm gone. What? You're, you're crushing the interviewing game right now. I feel, I like, I feel like I'm on your podcast <laughs> right not, now. That's not a bad no, idea. No, that's, not, that's not the intention. I just, I know, like I said, I know kind of where you're at right and the kind of things you focus on and work on and what your influences are and the only thing that i i think um you know keeps you locked up is yourself right yeah yeah and, and that's easy to talk about here like on the couch it's a yeah. whole different thing to do but look i mean hopefully that kind of thought process like if you can find whatever piece maybe you take a part of that and you make it unique to you and you you kind of change that advice and make whatever it's going to make sense to you it may pay off in the other things that you were talking about at the beginning of this podcast right like some of the way that you work through the challenges of carrying the weight of the administrative pieces of the band right, right? maybe it pays off in some of these other things that because all those things if if hey you feel like hey this stuff needs to happen all of that is also pulling away at your ability to focus on being the best Anton that you can be. A hundred percent. And so maybe you can find a middle ground. It's not that that stuff's going to go away. Maybe your dynamic doesn't allow for that, which is totally fine. Right. That's a whole different like band conversation. Right. Sometimes you got to be fine with that. And that's, that's totally fine as well. But that makes it even more important that you find a framework 
or like a thought process that allows you to not worry about the things you're worried about when it's time to play music. Yeah, for sure. Because I know what you're capable of, man. I've seen you in all kind of different settings and all kind of different uh, shows and all that sort of stuff, you know? And, you know, the mental game is, is difficult until you don't care about the mental game. Yeah. You know, like, to hell with that game, man. Like, what the fuck? It ain't doing you any favors. Yeah, it's no, not it's definitely not. Favors. That's for sure. That's for self-doubt sure. Is, self-doubt is a nasty monster. Yeah. And, and I don't have it all locked down. But nobody does. I, I man. at least I at least feel like for me personally, I know how to think about it now. Yeah. Like it's like a monster, right? Until you know how to like. It's like kids afraid of the dark till you learn where the light switch is. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it still doesn't freak you out a little bit, but you know where the light switch is. Find yeah. Your, find your light switch, man. That was I'm deep. Just, I'm just thinking about making T-shirts that just say "Be the best Anton you can be." There you go, man. <laughs> and then now everyone's going to wear the – I would wear it every time and just embarrass yeah. the shit out of you when I come to play. We'll hey, be like, yeah, yeah be, be the best Anton. If it gets fucking I want to be the best Anton I can be. I want to be the best Anton I can be, too. That's, like, so bad. If oh, it, my God, dude, that's if, awesome. If, if it gets people in the door, bro, I'm, I'm for it. Hey, everyone. Just want to take a second to talk to you about one of our favorite music venues, Blue Jay Listening Room. Blue Jay is a space for true music lovers where every ticket is a backstage pass. Silence your cell phones, enjoy a nice glass of wine or craft beer, and be part of an intimate experience unlike anywhere else in Jacksonville. Hear national and local artists sing their original songs and share the stories behind them in a space carefully curated for the premiere show-going experience. I personally have seen some of my favorite shows here, as well as having played in some of my heroes. Not only is Blue Jay a wonderfully unique experience, it has become a staple in the Florida music scene. Mention bottom of the bill on your next visit and receive 10% off your tab. Blue Jay is located at 2457 3rd Street South, Jacksonville Beach, and be sure to check out www.bluejayjacks.com for news, ticketing, and events. <laughs> See, but hey, hey, watch it. You're slipping back. Slipping back. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, man. Don't worry about that. That I know that that that, that was kind that's of the whole thing. thing. Yeah. As soon as I as soon as I said that, I was like, and that's and that's the problem right there, right? But you know what that is, man? <laughs> that's like everyone has it. Like, and some people have it in like comedy. Some people have it in like self-deprecating comments. Some people have it in like there's a myriad of ways that stuff rears its head, right? But that's the self-doubt part of the ego coming after you. Yeah, totally. You know, don't let that shit come at you. Yeah, that shit's got no business in your life, and it's got no business in the com- the communal experience of music. Yeah. It's got no business there. And that's what makes those bands you really love so special. Any band you can think of, any any single Foo band. Fighters. Well, they're the best of that. Well, he doesn't give a fuck. He think I love when he you know? t- Dave Grohl comes out on stage he's like this is I'm fucking doing this show. I mean, he is he, like I mean, he, uh, his background is that punk rock kind of mentality which is you know? really don't give a shit what people think yeah and then he kind of just carried that over and started writing you know pop rockets oh, yeah. and just carry carried the same attitude with you know in a different no matter uh, what world, anybody says but, that he can't solo or that he wouldn't be famous if it wasn't for Kirk Cobain kill himself he's a good he's a great songwriter I'm just saying like he's still just like he's doing that all the time and yeah I think it's great. But I've got another point about this is uh yeah I don't ever I don't ever feel any of those feelings that you feel I the the bigger the crowd or whatever it is, you know, like I get excited about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I my thing is I want to like prove myself, I guess, too. some for some reason. 
not really like that though. I just get so excited to play. Yeah. Like I just fucking so happy that people are there that I could do that for them. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Not that not to do it for them. You know what I mean? But to to perform. Yeah. And so that's what I I. I, I don't get nervous. I get, like, so – like, I want to do it really, really badly. Yeah, yeah. And when I fuck up, I'm like, eh, all right, I'll get him again. Yeah. But I never I never get that way at all. It's just per, uh, performance, performance anxiety, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it boils down to. It's just one of those things where it, it's just it's just like the, self, the self-doubt thing. Knowing what you're capable of doing and then, and then realizing that – setting that setting that limit uh for as the expectation and then realizing that you're not living up to that limit in the moment and then all that again didn't it oh yeah all that self-crippling kind of it's like what you said before too you know you want people you were saying you know i thought it was a really good like glimpse into into some of the things that you were wrestling with is like you're like hey i'm out here and i'm working hard and i'm practicing and i'm working on these things and uh, I, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but one of the things that was really interesting was like you're you're like, hey, when I'm up there playing, I want you were saying people you want people to know that you take it seriously. Yeah. And you want people to know that you're spending those hours in the in the woodshed, and you want people to know, and that's I think where you were saying the validation was coming from. Right. And I thought that was really interesting because almost ain't nobody gonna care. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know, like, if you look at, like, golly, there's so many levels of insane. Like, I was thinking about this on the way. I was listening to music on the way here, and I was listening to Erotic Cakes. You ever listen to that album? No. Oh, man, Guthrie Govan. So sick. This guy's, like, one of the most ridiculous yeah, he's virtuoso guitar players. And that was one of his, I think it might have been his first, like, solo album. Like, I'm on the scene, and this is what I do. Like, that guy's got to make everybody feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, whoo, you know, like, gosh. But at the same time, you know, it just kind of makes you laugh because you're like, there are so many different perceptions of outstanding depending on who the listener is. Meaning there are a lot of people that could give a crap about how fast and clean and extensive those licks are and how and all the things that are being used musically going on because there are a lot of people that really just want to go see xyz band and that band for whatever reason which will be as as justified right is doing something for them on a different wavelength right and there are people that would say hey all that fancy stuff is great but have you heard Derek trucks play right you know so there are so many different ways people value that validation that you chasing that validation is really almost a waste of time. Yeah. 100%. Because who defines what that is? Like, it's such a, it's such a, like a crystallized perspective. Like, you know, there's a million ways you can look at that and like overriding like your perspective on it will start to impact everybody else's and they may already be perceiving that. We don't even know. Like, right? You don't even know. Someone's why there's going to be somebody out there watching you play thinking, "Damn, man, I, I want to be the best Anton that I, that I can be if on the If anybody is watching this, next time you see Anton just being like, "You're doing a good job." No, don't do that. <laughs> say that. Don't just do say that. You're, don't let that eat don't you. Don't do that. So don't let that eat you. But hey, like I said, nobody's <laughs> immune from that. Don't Billy's that. not immune to that. I'm not immune to that. I'm not immune right? to that. Right? I was no. telling you a few yeah. minutes ago, right? I'm I'm consumed by self-doubt and drive. 
and part of that is chasing away my, my demons. What, but what I'm trying to do is day to time is go, hey, look, you know, kind of like that thing from Tony is, you know, you got to be all right with where you're at. And when I get on stage, I am. You know, I'm not uh, a Guthrie Govan kind of guy. You know, maybe one day that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a lot of other things um, and a lot of other, you know, elements. But I sure, sure as hell am Ben. Yeah, for sure. And that's got to be good enough. It's got to be good enough for me if it's going to be good enough for anybody else. Right. And I think, you know, you got to just be the best Anton you can be. Yeah. Best Anton you can <laughs> be. So uh, let's Copyright talk about what you got going on yeah. now. No, I, I just thought it was great, man. I've, I've been, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just okay. not been able to stop thinking about it since since last week. I mean, I thought it was so good to hear all those different perspectives and like what Brandon was bringing to the table on how he feels about things. And he and I, I, I feel like, see things in a very similar way and i think it's been reflected in some of the things we have going on yeah totally so you guys just put out a new single we did let me fade it came out <laughs> came out however oh, you know man. week and change ago i'm sorry i didn't interrupt i must have listened to that song like 10 times editing oh, the video no. it was so good oh, yeah no, i love it now i'm the self now i'm like yeah. I, now tell me back everything i just told you I no, really, bro really, really it was it a lot. i was i love how fun and happy well that's just kind of my whole fucking style of music anyway so i just fucking love how happy and fun it is no i oh, i thanks man yeah i thought it was uh obviously the song is great but like for, from the perspective of like you know having produced you know a couple of albums at this point and listening to what you do uh, well, yeah, and, and then you was, took this on yourself, home, yeah. man. Like, and your first time doing it at that capacity, it's like very impressive, man. Oh, thanks. Like, I mean, I we couldn't have done it without Chris. So, big shout out to Chris Underdahl. Oh, Dude. so would would Chris mix it or what? what, what uh, Chris did? recorded the drums. Okay, and then sent the raws back for uh, the drums. Okay, um, we had done drums uh, in another take, so we had brought we had recorded a lot of the different pieces or like the bones of it, right? We had kind of done this sketch of the album. Yeah. And then um, we went to go do the drums. And the engineering and everything was great on it. We did it at 1904 with Eric and Eric's... Stallion. Yeah, Stallion yeah. is right. He's a stallion. But we... I think when we went to do the capture, and it's really our fault, you know, we kind of... I think we were so ready to do it, we just kind of set up and started going through. Yeah. And um, when we got them back, the tracks were fine, but there was a space in like the perception of the tracks. So when you when you got all the drum pieces and you brought them together, you could hear that it was in a in a non-conditioned room, you know, and you could feel like space that I wasn't able to weed out, which in and of itself is not a bad thing, but I didn't feel like I could get the drums to have like the recordings of the drums. The drum the playing was great too, which was the unfortunate part. It was more I couldn't get the tracks to hit, right? Like I couldn't get the fidelity that I was looking for based on the reference tracks I was, you know, being inspired by and that kind of thing. It just didn't have, they weren't going to work. Yeah. Just bottom line, it wasn't going to work. No fault of, no fault of the process. It just, those takes weren't the ones. And so then we were trying to figure out what to do. Um, and we found a home for tracking the drums with Chris and we went through and did it and he passed back one, which is the single we released. And, and we were like, man, all right. So you guys so, did the whole album uh, with, with, on drums there already? Like, it's all yeah, recorded. so the drums are all done. Uh, everything's done. All the framework was done. And then over... Because we've been working on this thing for got to be over a year now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same with us, man. You know, we, we kind of got it all like sketched out in kind of the format that we wanted and started laying things down. And then once the bones were in place, um, 
what was cool about having like kind of botched drum tracks was that we had all the like feel to kind of build from right. so even though the drums i think i think brandon did a really cool job refining those like he he really retook his approach even from the first session to the next and and locked it in but there was enough of a framework for our imagination to hear drums and then say hey look we have like the skeleton now how do we build up the skeleton and then when he went back in and refined the drums again with that in place it was like okay bones then it was like muscle and tissue and now we're like bones in bones again yeah now it's like okay well now we've made the bones stronger and now we've we've put kind of connective tissue and muscle on it and some skin on it and then now we're like dressing it that's why i feel cool. every album should be is like you record the f- drums first yeah and then everything on top of it right drums and, and bass first together i think of course right yeah. and then at the very end of it just re-record drums and bass again and put it and replace it if it's all to a metronome i mean that was the thing we we had a good like i was really pushing for us to do everything to a metronome because mm-hmm. when we did like some herd of watts recordings we didn't often do stuff to a metronome and I think one or two times we did, and I saw the benefit in it oh, from yeah. like being able to go back and readdress things. Yeah. And I was like, okay, shit, we got to do, you know, make sure we do it right and get everything in a metronome and nice. And, and um, so we did that. So we've been able to sit on these and evolve them. And there's been like changes. Like in Let Me Fade, we went back, like even after the drums, right? Max and I took the, came by his house and we played everything. I did like a sub mix of just the drums, the bass, the guitar, and like a scratch vocal. And then we went through and like said, hey, like, you know, this part needs something or this part feels like it's falling away. And so we started building in all these layers around it to support what we felt like were really good, like foundational pieces. And then by the time we got done, we were, we were in a place where we were real happy. So that was cool. But just, uh, yeah, it's been like a long, uh, a long journey, but because it's done at home, it doesn't cost us much right? to get in a place where we're happy with it. And it comes back to what we were talking about with the guitar and all the other stuff, right? If you're in a place where you're happy with it, hopefully, you know, hell, I, hell, I don't know. I mean, hopefully people connect to that. Yeah. And you know how it is. You're only going to be so happy. Like, as soon as we get it done, we're like, all right, let's go to the next one. But, I mean, I, I, I don't I'm, – I'm proud of these ones. You know, I'm, and it's because we took our time and we – you know, there's something cool about doing as much of that in-house as possible. Because you end up with a mix that you like. You end up with a, you know, a master that you like. Yeah. Instead of giving it to somebody and then, like, you're like, oh, my God, there's, like, this weird flanger on this part. Or yeah. Like, cross your fingers, then having to email back and forth. And, yeah, yeah. You know, course. just be able to just chill out and work on it and, and sip a sip a drink and, and get it to a place where you really like it. Um, which I'm not advising mixing and dr- drinking. Uh, 100% you know. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, get, no, getting it to a place where you can be, like, happy with the stuff you're doing, that's kind of where we're at. So the first one's done. It's out there. It's on all this stuff. Go check it out. Hopefully you dig it. Definitely uh, do. It's amazing. It's a great track. It really is. Thanks, man. Yeah. And now we're mixing and mastering. It's a cool track. I mean, it was the craziest one. So that was the thing is we were like, what are we going to put out? Like, we're going to put out, like, a short one or a clean one or, like, and we're like, no, nah, dude, we're going with, like, the the fun crazy it mash it up with like talking very, heads and very fun yeah. all this shit with weird vocals and stuff going on for sure that's that's my favorite part is at the end when you, you yeah. start doing the fish vocals and stuff like with it's max, like a round is max, is max screaming it isn't it i did all the screaming and all the vocal okay, rounds yeah. well so it's so the first and, i thought it was max it's the first and second verses done in like an off time round with yeah. all this delay and like swells so it's like the first two verses talking like in a round together Okay. And then leading into it, there's all this crazy talking head screaming. And yeah, that's the, I really liked. So when you guys were in that, uh, you guys could kind of break it down like a, like a jam section, 
and then you like you start talking over the thi- over the music and it starts yeah, that's like, like a remain in, in in the light kind of thing i mean i love the freaking talking heads man and they do some cool stuff with all the polyrhythms and yeah. brandon brandon freaking brought all this crazy aux percussion into that track so yeah. there's like all like the two sets of different like bongos and, and congas and tambourines and triangle and shit that's all mixed in there if you've got it on headphones and you're like listening really geeking out like it's got these cool layers to it that like as you listen that song's cool because i feel like as you listen to it more there's like all these different things that kind of like pop themselves out to you so yeah. it's like a choose your own adventure like whatever you're tuned into you'll be like oh there's more here than I thought there was. no for sure man i the, the first pass through that i gave it was was uh i hate doing it this way but it was it was when, when i saw that you guys released it it was the only option that i had was on my phone and i was like Okay, this sounds cool. And then I put it on my in my car, and I was like, "Oh, now I can hear all the stuff going on, like for real." And I can hear like a lot of the the uh, the, the production choices that you made, as far as like there's a lot of like like, like panning things that, that was happening, especially on the vocals when you, when as the the like the the when you, when you're talking as it continues it kind of starts to fade more in like the background kind of yeah and it almost sounds like and, yeah it's like left and right exactly each verse is on one side and the other and then as they as the verses wrap into the last like section yeah i have them like hard left and right and as it folds back into the end of each because they're in a round so they end at about the same time right and, yeah and so as they're ending they come back Yes. To center at the very end and they pull away, yep. which pushes the rest of the song from the center out into the previous mix of the pan. This is, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And, and uh, it, just, it was just something, you know, they're, like Jimi Hendrix did a lot of cool shit with panning and I'm a big fan of, of his. And yeah. like multiple guitars going on and multiple instruments of the same player, like layering and panning. And I just think it creates a, quite frankly, a pretty awesome psychedelic experience and and that's been a huge influence on me my whole life. And Talking Heads is a big influence on me. And, and kind of that, like, you know, we are who we are stuff we were talking about. You yeah. know, they, they're a big band for me that's like, yeah, well, they were definitely, especially at the time, right? They are definitely them. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so I wanted to represent that in the mixing. Um, and also, like, the choices of how this stuff sounds. Like, so when you would put it on, it's going to feel like, Hopefully, if folks are fans of different elements of those kinds of things, or David Bowie, you know, it sounds sounds comfortable from a mix perspective too. In that way, or yeah. a mastering perspective, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And that, that that's the kind of stuff that that I really love to like dig into when when we're working in the studio. Is like is like we, we were doing that on especially on a uh, uh, Billy's tune on Streetwalker. Yeah. Where there's like all these different sections where it was like because there's no vocals, it's all no, instrumental, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you got to make every part really like do what it's got to do, and a lot of things where it's like okay, well, we have this synth, this kind of like ascending synth line here, so let's make it pan as it's going from one side to the other, yeah, and then you know we'll, thing, we'll, yeah. the circular thing, and then and it's like okay, well now we have you know we have the this guitar solo going on here so let's like put it up front and then the keys are going to be you know real down low in the mix but and then off off to the side right and then it's like as 
as the guitar solo goes, uh, the keyboards or the piano gets a little bit louder and louder. And then as the, the guitar solo ends and the piano comes in, uh, or the synth comes in for a solo, it's like the guitar opens up and the synth becomes like, it slowly becomes the center thing. Yeah. Those little kinds of things where it's like, it creates a really different experience on the, uh, the listeners end that they might not even be fully aware of, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think too, like one of the things that we started to experiment as we went through, so we didn't know, you know, I've, I've been trying to push myself to learn a lot through this process. Yeah. I, I just think it's one, I think it's really fun. And two, I think the creative piece you can put on it, if if you're learning about some of these things, you know, it gives you some more freedom and certainly saves you a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, not that not that paying for really good ears and that skill isn't worth it. I think it I think it is. I'm by no means an an, an expert, right? Um, but what I thought was cool is, um, you know, learning about different frequency ranges. So like stuff that sits in a kind of similar place. Like there's some elements of the drums, and the keyboard. And the guitar, guitar all day yeah. that sit all right there. And yeah. so like learning, like, so we, I would take like different pieces of like Max's key parts and my guitar parts, for example. And I put them in like a spectrum analyzer and kind of see like, okay, so the way that I've got this guitar recorded, I'm really hitting this curve and the organ or the synth or these different pieces are really hitting here. But Hey, that is also conflating with like a lot of the symbol work here. Right, mm-hmm. maybe it's like a fuzzy kind of. Those mid ranges, man. They just yeah, and starting to figure everything. out, hey, where does everybody live? And then all of a sudden, like finding those homes for people, from like from a frequency perspective, right? Changes even maybe the way I choose to EQ the guitar. Because to be honest, even if it's soloed as a track, I think it sounds good here in the mix. I really need to. I, it's, it's home really needs to be over here, so it can sit with these three other things that are also mid rangey. And then all of a sudden, the stuff started coming alive for me. So it started to kind of click in that way, too. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's not, it's not, you know, they'll all think I'll always be learning, right? But it was like paying attention to things like that, which if I'm in a studio, I got to trust that that person really is in tune to my project enough to care about that. Or you guys sit there with them or while they do it. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and who likes that? Like, I'm I sitting loved there, I'm it. Like, that's what I did. Hey, do this. I mean, I don't that's, know. At a certain point, the guy's doing, like, you yeah. don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at some point, the guy's like, oh, my God. Yeah, um, well, we got, very, we got very lucky to work with an engineer who's, like, the so most patient, patient human being on that's the planet. Awesome. Yeah. And was really just, like, he really took a back seat. Like, he was literally just pushing buttons. And it was like, hey, man, uh, I want this thing to happen here. And then he'd make it happen. And it was just like, you know, I felt bad sometimes because it was like, you know, you, uh, as, as an artist, you can be a little yeah, yeah. pushy and demanding, demanding on, yeah. on, what you, on, on what you're looking for. You should be, dema- you should be demanding, right? If, if it, you love this thing, right, you're trying to get it to where you want it to be. Totally. But, you know, we also had the luxury of working with somebody like that. So it's like not everybody has that capability where it's like, you find this engineer is just going to go through the trenches with you and do it, right? That's awesome. So it's like if you, if if you don't have that, then it really just makes more sense to to do it yourself and yeah. like figure out how to. That's the complete freedom. For yeah, sure. for sure. Well, that's what that's what I was shooting for. I mean, I wanted I want to know how to do it because I like it. Yeah. And I also I also quite frankly we don't have the budget. Yeah. But I but I wanted end up in a place at the end of the day where we're really stoked on what we're doing yeah and i believe in i mean that's a cool thing like i i love our our band of the moon man like i really love what everybody is doing i love what everybody's capable of everyone's playing at such a cool level and uh 
I want to do them all justice too. So part of it's like I also feel like this obligation of like servanthood to this group. Sure. Because I want I want I want people to like be in tune and hear like what the hell Brandon's doing and what Aaron's capable of and you know kind of where Max is as a musician. You know, it's like that's the other cool part about you know struggling through learning how to do the recording and the mixing and the mastering and all these things is because like you know I'm proud of these guys and you know and I'm proud of what we do together and quite frankly humbled by what we do together and so i'm like hey you know we don't have the budget for it but i want to represent it i want you know i want to try to give it some some kind of like authentic justice you know yeah but i can't afford it you know i can't afford to do that and and so i was like the only way i have is to like read a bunch of articles and watch a bunch of youtube videos and use some cool reference files of recordings i like and try to figure out a way to make it fit into not like just a genre or a reference file, but to fit into like some flavor that I think we represent collectively. Yeah, totally. Well, I think I think you nailed it with yeah, this it one, man. Great, it sounds man. great. I was, I'm, so I'm, now the next one. Hopefully, I don't let it. Hopefully, it's not a. Letter. Yeah, that's what <laughs> no. I'm trying to. Is, I'm like, oh, that's shit. what I wanted to ask. Oh you. shit! Is what? What else is in the schedule? Like, what's coming out next? So, so yeah. So we'll have a date out there pretty soon. Okay. So one of the things that we were trying to do as we went through is, um, when I got the final pieces for let me fade i built out because the drums were all being done in a pretty similar room right or the same room yeah the mic setup wasn't going to be drastically different i didn't think so i built out a really nice set of like preset strips for all of that and then the couple there's like a couple variations of like buses that i'm going to use or i anticipate using and then a, a couple different master strips that i think i'm going to use which are all set up in the software so when i bring these other tracks in it should feel pretty comparable from a bass and drum perspective, which is where I'm going to try to mix from, right? Okay. And so I'm hoping that'll speed it up. Uh, I've put in a few others and, like, I'm working them through, and I'm pretty happy I think that's going to work, which will make things, I think, move along pretty good as long as, uh, you know, the mixing process doesn't kill me. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully we'll have a date soon. We're working on them now. And then we'll kind of listen back and see. I think each one will get a little bit of, like, treatment. Like, what we did with this one is we'll go back and listen and say, like, hey, this particular piece feels like it's lacking or this piece is too busy or whatever. And we'll kind of, you know, massage them a little bit at the end. Um, and then hopefully they'll be done. I, I would really like to see it done in the fall for sure. I'm, I'm very confident saying, hey, it'll be done, uh, I would think, in October time frame. Okay. I'm about to have that baby. Yeah. So that's right. The good the good side of that uh is I'm having a baby. Yeah. Or man. Christy's having a baby. Congratulations. Um <laughs> thank you. You gotta specify. But the other the other side of that is that you're you're gonna be I'm gonna be home a lot. So babies babies like to sleep, hopefully. Yeah. She's like my, my daughter Piper, she'll probably sleep a lot. Um and so that'll give me some time hopefully to just really focus on the mixing. I mean, we don't have a ton of shows in the month of September. So that'll give me a chance I think to to really focus on getting all that stuff down and out the door because now we've put out the one you know that was new for us too so now having like an idea of how to get that done and out and all, all that stuff out the door it should be i think pretty quick so i'm hoping the fall uh, unless something crazy happens which you know the world we live in that doesn't happen right yeah uh but yeah otherwise 
I, I'm excited. I want to get it out in the fall. We're, we are kind of starting to think about the next one already and all that stuff. So. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but going back about recording everything, like, what's your schedule like for that? So when we are at the studio, it's like, okay, we have fucking five days uh, here. We had, like, more than five days, obviously. We just did it in five days. No yeah. worries. <laughs> no, so, but, no but, like, five days at a time. Yeah. But, but, but is your schedule more of, like, uh, 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 be like, hey, come over from, like, Exactly. Four to ten or whatever. We'll get a couple things on that. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, when you do it to the metronome like that, once you have the bones, like, once we have the framework in. You don't have to have everybody there either, I guess. No. It's like, I'll call, I'll call freaking Max up and I'll be like, hey, you want to come, like, give this a listen through and let's mess with frequencies and see if we alter the EQs on your keyboards and my guitar, if we can get them nested in just gorgeously. He's like, yeah, let's do it. We come over, we mess with that for a couple hours we're like all right cool another day you know might like when we did some of the bass stuff i hit aaron up i'm like hey listen man i've been mixing this bass part and i think maybe we want to tweak this check it out listen to this part here and i'll you know he's got the you know the roughs as we're going he's listening he's like oh yeah he'll come over you know we tweak some bass parts that's kind of how we got to the drums with brandon i'm like dude i've been mixing this stuff and i think you know, what do you think? He's like, ah, I don't know. You know, we got we to gotta redo them. He, he called me one day. He's like, no, we got to redo these. Yeah. I'm like, let's do it. It's all to a metronome. We got nothing but, you know, effort that we want to put into it. Let's get it right. And, you know, and he went and, and uh, had talked to Chris and got it set up to be able to do it. And it worked out beautifully. And so it's like, it's like that. You know, we're all listening to it. I'm like, man, you know, the vocals need change. I'll scrap them all and start over at the house. I mean, that's the beauty of doing it to a metronome and doing it yourself is you're like, there's no pressure in recording this for us. Not that we don't want to get it out there, but like, as far as like, well, okay, we're going here. Everyone's got to be helped. Like I would hate going to the studio and I'm like, okay, I got three days. Well, I hope I didn't just have a show to where my voice is shot. Cause we were at a real loud gig or something or, or somebody has a cold or like sleeping in a massage parlor without air conditioning. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for five days, you know, it could be any of these things, yeah, any of those um, things. But yeah, you know, you take that, you take that heat off, and it all becomes. Literally. It kind of all comes. Like, <laughs> oh God, dude. Well, look, it's it's like the same thing we we're talking about about like the ethos of playing, yeah. right? It's the ethos in like creating the art. Yeah. Like a painter doesn't go like, hey, I've got three days. I'm gonna go into the studio. I'm gonna paint this fucking thing. Oh, Unless yeah, it's like not. some kind of maybe it's like the approach, like some kind of like pressure painting yeah, or yeah. something. But you know, you have a paint a painter working on a, a work. Yeah. Could take a month. Could take two years. And I'm not saying it's equivalent to some great painter. All I'm saying is musicians have, I think, historically had this, like, heat on them that, like, a lot of other mediums haven't necessarily. Yeah, for sure. Right? And because it's a performing art, it's probably a lot like dancing. Right? If you go to, like, a dancing recital or a, or a ballet, right, it's a performance. Um, but how long did it take someone to write that ballet or to practice it? I mean, we don't know the answer to that, right? right. So I, I just feel like there's a lot of heat on folks in the music world to go in and go do this thing and slam it out and, and all that. But I, I also wonder, like, what does that do? Like, we had a lot of ideas in that Let Me Fade song that we would have never got if we'd have went in the studio in five days and recorded it. We'd have had the song, but would we have had all the things that came along with it? And then even that'll, like, offshoot into, I think, other song ideas and different techniques that we'll use going forward. Totally. I mean, we'd miss those things. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't want that. I want... I want the creativity. I don't really want the pressure. And like what Brandon was saying, it's not about like, it's not just about like trying to make it or whatever. Like it, it's like, we're going to fucking put out art. Yeah. yeah. Like the best you can be. 
like whatever I am and whatever Brandon is and whatever Max is and whatever Aaron is and whatever then we are as a group, like it's art, man. I mean, I know it probably sounds like a like something that should be on like a <laughs> hippie bus or something. Well, but I mean it's but it's art, man. Like you know, and our our biggest thing is like the live performance stuff. So if we have to go and like consolidate it into a recording, certainly not gonna like just rush it to rush it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't know. No, I, I'm with you, man. I think that I, I think that you know the art comes first for sure, and that's why, you know, even though we like in our scenario we have had um, time restrictions or whatever, you can ask Billy. I'm the last one to think about the budget when we're in no, the I studio. Know. Hell yeah, it's like it's fucking got to though. It does. <laughs> That's they don't though because like the entire time. <laughs> but Bill, yeah. but the, the thing is that you do worry about, it, but you don't actually know what we have in the bank. So it's like yeah, so, so. And then also, I know how long it's gonna take to get that money back into the bank. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so th- those are things that I that that I don't think about at all when when, when we're there doing it. I'm just like we we do it. Then you know the, the tab stu- gets I paid. Studio the, So the, here's the, the thing. The so here's the thing. Paid, here's the thing. So all right, you can solve this problem in a couple easy steps. Step one is get yourself some awesome recording software on that computer. Okay. Because you have a computer that can do it. Yeah. Not a hacked version. You uh, can get it. It's me? not even that. The stuff is, I mean, it's expensive, but it's not like for what you'll pay for a day, you could own all of it. Well, I have Logic then, on my computer for 200 bucks. Yeah. So, you know what so I'm saying? So like, and then, and then, <laughs> all right. So, you're already, you already have that. So, basically, a lot of the money you're shipping off, you know, like, Spend some time learning, and you have to get him. You already using keyboards, yeah. right? Oh, you got to you got to get him to go digital. Never, yeah. never. And then you have then you have zero constraints. Oh well, except for the fucking drums. Nah, man, that's that that piece and the vocals. Too. That piece when you're recording to a metronome, right? You can dial in a beat. That's representative, at least creative, like creatively. I just meant recording drums. Recording drums is so hard. Well, you, that's the one I think you got to find a good mechanism and for. And guitar is so hard to record out of an amplifier, well, too. I, I'm, well, yeah, that's I, why you get rid of that yeah, thing. The, uh, hey. You just go straight in. The, the Dude, next, I'm telling the, you, this the, the digital stuff one, changed my life. The yeah. next one, the next album, I'll do, I'm going straight in. I'm not fucking the tube amps anymore. I'm glad and this I'll is being recorded. Oh, <laughs> listen to this. He's already turned a little corner. I love it. I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why. Because... I'm not going to mention specifically, but there are things that I'm not fully happy with on this album. Okay. That that, uh, uh, that, that we did. That I, That's a product of that ha- coming out of an amp, really. Well, yeah, it's a product. Part of, of it, sure, I it, believe it. Well, because the, the the problem is that like you hear one thing when you're in the room, you're like, this sounds amazing, and then you go back and listen to it. Kind of to your point about the the, the you know the, the the time crunch and all that. Is like you go back and you listen to it through, you know, through the speakers and how it sits in with everything else, like for real. And you're like, I don't like that tone at all. It's like, well, we just spent, you know, two hours doing this, so yeah. it's, we got to kind of move on. So it's like you figure, and then you you go in, and then you try and figure out, you know, how to you you, fu- you fuck with the EQ a little bit and try and figure out how to make it work, and you get it to a point where it sounds tolerable to listen to. But it's like, you know, if you're if you're going digital, well, it's like, well, I can just change it. Completely. Can I get into reamping, bro? You can use your total, whatever tone you want to build. You can record it with that so it feels awesome to you and send a dry, completely clean signal into the DAW. Right. And then when you're mixing, you can bring in now anything. Right. And represent that signal. Right. In any what You could be like, hey, let me try that lead part out with a Marshall. Let me try, 
that lead part out with a Freeman. Let me try that lead part out with a Bogner. Let me try that lead part out right. with a Mesa or my deluxe push to hell. Yeah, you know, in the and same thing with clean amps and all that. Because what it does, it gives you that this ability to like tailor the emotion of that thing into the mix of what Billy's doing, right? And what Sean's doing and what Aaron is doing, and it's cool. Like I didn't, I was so like afraid of the learning curve because I was playing like you know I would modify my own fenders and then I had that Mesa for a while and yeah. I was super into like all the analog stuff and I still really like it. But once I figured out how to make the digital stuff work for me, I really liked it. Like, it was so funny. You know, there's people that have have seen, um, you know, seen me jamming for, like, several years, you know, years and years, even, like, back to Heard, that were at that album release show. And when I came up and, and, and played the our set, and then I came back up and played with you guys, and then we're done at the end of the night, people are like, what fucking amp was that? Yeah. Like, what fucking amp are you using? Yeah. And I'm like... A little like, fucking uh, speaker and a I'm fucking like, helix uh, board, bro. What's you up? know, and, and so it's so funny because if you think about, like, what the folks are getting in the PA off the, you know, like. It's so weird to me, though, how It's that, pretty great representation of, like, the tones. But it's yeah. weird to me how that works because it's not, an, like, a digital pickup, right? No, it's it's like the full full regular guitar yeah. into into this, essentially, a set of algorithms yeah. that are looking at like how an amp would react and how speakers would react sure. and you could tailor all this stuff and then it just comes through a speaker and when it's coming through like i actually tried a lot of speakers and now i'm just using like a, a a really nice pa speaker yeah to to deliver the sound because it's made to be coming through a pa speaker is what yeah. I, ultimately what i found. I tried like guitar cabs stuff like that it really does sound i think really great coming through a high-end pa speaker yeah of course and then when i push it through there even on stage, man, people like the feel and stuff. Like, if you've got it bumped up loud to, like, the way a tube amp would be from a volume perspective, I don't feel a difference. And I've been playing on big and small stages with really cool, well, I think they're really cool, really cool tube amps for, like, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And I don't feel a, di- I don't feel a difference. Like, once I elevated it, on the ground, I felt a difference. Once I elevated it, so it, I like open back cabinets. Like with no back on them, of course. And like once I started playing with it elevated, it felt just like an open back cabinet, and I can get it to feed back and everything. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like the recording stuff is awesome that way, and the live stuff, I figured out a way to make it work for me. I don't know if it'll work for everybody, but it worked for me. They don't have digital pickups. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? They have uh, MIDI. Yeah, they have MIDI. They have yeah. MIDI pickups. They're incredible. MIDI, MIDI pickups, and the, but the, you're also using like just regular guitar strings. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah, there's like individual sensors under each string. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know so that Consider the Source uses that Roland guitar. Yeah, like yeah. The, yeah. Double, GK, the GK neck. stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's he's freaking awesome, man. Yeah. He he's got it. It's he's like got it figured out. Like an FM uh, bells the whole whole way through. <laughs> yeah. He's so sick. Like the My, Exorcist. So uh, so Sean for uh, playing at his wedding like gave me his uh, Japanese Strat that he yeah. has. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, the uh, alcohol's right there. Um, and so what I did was like, I, I put in so like the wine red one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one's neck is actually really good. It's great, man. I was like, man, he, yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, no. I like that one. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Are, are you, right? are you going to be upset? Are you upset by this? No, no. Okay. Not at all. Okay. No, I said I like the neck. I yeah. like the neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know where you're going. I heard you say pickups. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, so, no, I like the neck on that guitar. The, the, the neck is awesome. Um, I've got I, I got it set up by uh, this guy that I that I 
will only take my shit too. He's awesome. This guy, buddy. Um, and then I bought these. So I'm, I'm really big on, you know, improving on obviously the pal. I like to adopt modern things right so I, I wanted a tone so you haven't got into digital yet it, but it's it's not it's not it's not because i'm a traditionalist it's because i don't i got like i'm scared of the learning curve right i was it's, it's, i get it i it, totally get it's it. it's not because i'm it's like it's a freaky ass learning curve yeah because right? like the, the presets and stuff on these things out of the gate they don't sound good that's They're what like, i'm saying oh my God, what did and I do? and i'm not like i'm not the guy that's gonna be here telling you like oh you need fucking marshall stacks and blah like you need to i'm not that guy i'm just also like kind of lazy when it comes to that stuff so but what what, what i did was like i started you know i, I wanted a modern a, a modern tone uh but without losing the strat quality you know so i was like okay well what's out there and then yeah, I started doing some research, and I found, you know, that lace sensor pickups. I was just, just going to yeah. ask you, did you put in lace sensors? I did yeah. put in some lace sensors. Now, it, or, it already had one lace sensor in the bridge, but I just I, I swapped them all uh, I swapped them all out and got, like, the newest version of the lace sensor gold pickups uh, with, like, a really hot bridge pickup. The, the, our buddy Ford had those in his uh, Eric Clapton Strat. Yeah. And I thought they sounded really good. They sound good, man. I'm, I'm not... A hundred percent where I want to be with it just yet, but but I can I see the potential and and I don't know what I have to do just yet, but like I liked the noiseless man, the noiseless on single. Co I went back my strat. I went back to humbucker single humbucker. Yeah. Because I couldn't. I couldn't deal with always having the sixty cycle hum. Yeah. There. No, I feel you. Now the that the, the, the lace sensors me. don't have that. Like, they're, yeah, they're yeah, noise they're reduction. Noiseless. Yeah. They're not, they're not noiseless. Oh, really? I they're, thought they're, they were. They're, okay. they're not fully noiseless. They, they are noise reduction though. Okay. So, but like, I mean, there's no difference. It, it's like, the, like you can't, like, it, they sound like noise, noiseless, noiseless, noiseless pickups. And the maker strikes yeah, again. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, so they sound noiseless, noiseless, yeah, noiseless. noiseless. They sound like go. noiseless pickups, but um uh but like they're uh thicker i think like they got a bit of a dark uh, they almost sound like emgs if they were like okay. noiseless yeah you know i totally I mean? get it. i totally get yeah. it yeah those are cool um you know the best quick plug here if anybody's looking my favorite strap pickups ever what's that do lawler oh yeah lawler Man, makes i got lawler blondes in my guitars so hey if you're out there I think Jason, right? Jason Lock. Yeah, oh, sponsor yeah, us, dude. Hit me up. I've got um, I've got Imperial humbuckers in 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 uh. I had those guitars. too. My fucking in, in my Les Paul. Outstanding. Bro. I, I actually trade Ford and, for that SG. Oh, dude. And yes, please. And um, I will tell you that the Lawler Blondes have changed my life, and I really love them. And he's a and he's got a really cool statement about uh, you know, he had the um. His traditional like '60s stuff, right? Because yeah. the blondes are a little bit scooped. Traditional '60s stuff where the blackface is what he was calling them, and he has kind of since changed the name, I think, to like '63s or something like '64 or something like that. Well, I think that, that is. Um, it was it was to be a little bit uh, to generate some awareness of that how what we call things matter. Yeah. Which I thought <laughs> was ballsy and really cool. So props to you. Yeah. Um, and you make hell of pickups. And if you ever come across this, dude, hit me up. Let's do some work. I already have all your pickups anyway. So, bro, I had a set. You know, it won't cost you much. I had <laughs> I had the Imperials in my Les Paul. I fucking loved them, man. They're they're man. He makes some inc insane stuff. Yeah. But the digit, but on the digital side of it, man, like I really think, and I always tell everybody that I know is a uh, 
you know, really into their equipment. You know, there is a kind of freaky learning curve, but I think all of the like main solutions that are out there now are all really good. And to be honest, I think they're all really on par with each other. They all just have a different way, I think, of like tweaking them. Yeah. But it's just cra- it's just crazy. I you know you, I roll to the gig with a backpack, and uh, it's been sounding the same every night. Like I did that run where I did like four days, I think, in a row, and it was like I alternated. And the last night I was at um, nineteen oh four, which is a room I know well. I love more than probably any other room just because I've played it so much. Same. And I had I brought my Mesa that night and my two twelve because I was like, man, in this room with Eric. You know, I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't need this thing uh, being the the, mo- the digital solution. And all night I missed my digital rig and I wished so bad I brought it. Really? And that's the day when I, I was like, okay, I'm done. And it's not like I hate that stuff. I still think it's great. But just for ease of use and consistency and reliability and also I got way more diverse sounds available to me. Totally. I just, I love them. I don't know. I've, I've like fallen in love with that way of doing things. Yeah. No, I'm into it, man. I just got to get, I just got to get like past the, uh, at least for the recording, man, at least yeah. for the recording, it'll change your life. Cause then you can do all the stuff you were saying. Like if you go back, you don't like the tone, you want to tweak it. Well, you just reamp it. It could be anything you want it to be. Right. There is a, there's a thing, uh, I guess you, you kind of already like, like alluded to that, but, but the idea of like having the right tone while you're playing it, because that makes you play like differently. Oh yeah, it gives you, you know? the flavor. It gives you the play- flavor to track it the way you want. Yeah. But you're just you just send a dry signal in. Yeah, exactly. That and is. then, you know, you're hearing what you want to hear. It's it's cool because you can do like all this crazy stuff, man. Like, even your live performances, if you want to get wild, you can do stereo rigs. You can do wet dry rigs. You can do all the stuff that you'd need a trailer full of equipment to do, all in a little thing that fits in your freaking backpack. Yeah. Like. It's, it's, it's insane. Like I had, I've had so much equipment and sold so much equipment in my life. And it's like with a minimal investment relatively, I can piece all those things back together from all these different stages of my musical development and then execute on them. However, I feel like, and if I don't use them, big deal, there's like hundreds of presets. So it's like, who cares if I don't use it? Big deal. There's some nights where I've like only used just the amp and the cabinet simulation. I'm just trying to go like I would just go right into an amp and that's it. Yeah. And there's some nights where if like we're really vibing and going crazy, I want to use all this weird shit and I do that too. And it's, it's, it's like no love loss. It's like having a pedal board and sometimes if I don't want to use it, who cares? I didn't yeah. have to bring it, set it up. I didn't have to, it's just goofy. Like I, I'm so envious of, of all the keys players for so many years having like all these things accessible to you at yeah. like a moment's notice yeah and being so consistently there yeah it's super cool man yeah always always trust a keyboard with more knobs is <laughs> always my go-to i look i look at the keyboard's interface immediately i'm like oh no fuck no i need like 400 fucking knobs but uh, i was i was while you were saying all that all that's what i was thinking about is like how you would uh, uh transplant that for a keyboard and what sort of like audio signal that I would have to give out to a uh, to the Helix uh, pedal board. I'm like, could I just play guitar on my piano? You absolutely could. And and the other cool part is like Max Max is so knowledgeable about those things. Like but you still needed like a guitar sound out of the keyboard to like You make could it get it. Like a you could, man, if you get like a if you get like a cool ass um, 
keyboard sound going even like a clav with some overdrive clav, on it overdrive and some and like put a it through effect. a guitar cabinet emulation yeah you're there who's the guy totally. um is it uh i like to explain with that what's his name who am i thinking man from, yeah, we talking who? about the keyboard player that does like amazing uh he's got that tabletop whammy clav that he just oh absolutely uh kills with it. The, he plays with snarky snarky puppy i don't know if he plays with snarky puppy i thought he was doing his own organ trio thing or at least that's what i've seen like will blades Lacky Dolly? Oh. oh, God. Uh, oh, yeah. Totally screwing this guy's no, no, name up. I'm sorry. I can't remember his like, name. I'm embarrassed, but, uh, no, but yeah, just yeah. the videos of him playing Hendrix is what's burned in my brain. Everything else doesn't even matter after I've seen it. You know what's yeah. interesting about that? The, the wah uh, pedal? Not a wah pedal. Sorry. It's, it's a whammy bar. Whammy, uh, whammy yeah. bar on the clap. That was like stock. That's not like something he invented. It's so cool, man. Yeah, I know. I'm like, and it's insanely that enormous. For some god awful reason, I have no idea it's why. Because you, you have to look at that guy. He's like, you gotta slam it because you're grooving so hard. But it's it's uh, it's uh, essentially just a uh, a lever, right? It's a lever, yeah. I'm just like, you don't need it to be that big. You can just do it with a little guy right there. Yeah. But it does look like you know super rock star. With it's them. so cool, man. But you, you find a clav like uh 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 what do they call the hone it? I can't remember the name of it. Honers. Honers. Thank you. Yeah. Uh uh, uh from uh, like the 70s and up. They all have that little like box at the front of it that you just take it out and like that's where you stick it in. And I don't know why it looks like a fucking pull down bar. <laughs> yeah, well, well do, do doing lats on well, your you fucking Well, you could do clap. it. You could do it, man. You could do it. But Max is what pushed me into all that because I was kind of thinking about it. Yeah. And he was the one who was like, "Hey, you know, you should chase it if you think there's possibilities behind it." Yeah. You know, and I was like, "All right, let me kind of see." And I, I had one. I sold it. And went only back to using amps for a short period of time. And then I was like, I think I missed this thing. So I bought another one, and that's when I started alternating and eventually just fell over. But honestly, it's all it's all Max pushing me to explore new things. Yeah. And challenging my notions of what we were talking about at the beginning, right? Of just doing, you know, you, you always hear people say now it's like kind of cheesy at this point. But you do you. Yeah. You know, like kind of thing. It was like, well, hey, I mean... If I'm finding inspiration from it and benefit from it, and I think it's helping me convey the best version of myself, if it's helping me be the best Anton that I can be, um, <laughs> I hate then it's, this is a thing now. By yeah, the it's way. a thing. Oh, I it's hate absolutely it. a thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, if you, if you can chase it, doing, cha- you know, exploring these new ways of making music, then absolutely chase it. And he gave me the courage, to be honest. So it's, shout out to you, Max. Gave me the courage, and that's part of what's so cool about this recording. This band, all, we all do, I think, things like that for each other all the time. Yeah. Or at least I feel like, you know, that's the kind of love that, uh, you know, I feel from those guys all the time. Um, well, that translates when you guys are on stage, too, I will say. Like, you guys have, like, an undeniable kind of thing up there. I've never seen you have an off night, honestly. But, like, but even the, even the nights that, that where I've watched you play and after the fact where you told me where you thought it was an off night – there's still an undeniable energy that's like coming off of that stage. And I think that like that, like what, the thing that you're talking about right now is very apparent to everybody. For sure. I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. And I sure hope so. I think it comes down to like actual, like really, really real love, respect uh, for each other, love and respect for each other, but also vulnerability. Yeah. Like it's that kind of honest vulnerability that then when you're on stage now, anything, anything can happen. And everybody's listening, and we're gonna go there and be vulnerable with each other in these improvisational, like moments and things. Like we, like I said, we had a show that we. I think. I'll just speak for like from my own perspective. I felt like we were gonna come in and just feel like you know we had an awesome show. There was a show in the spring, as I'll say, and we just you know I felt like we were gonna come in and just 
kill it. Like that's how I think we felt leading up or I felt leading up to it. And I, I didn't, didn't really happen that way in my perspective, at least. And I think those guys would agree, but, um, and then we kind of started looking at kind of, you know, our approach to things and letting go even a little bit more and becoming even a little more vulnerable. Um, and there were things going on in everybody's lives that I think enabled that vulnerability to grow and like cement as like a trait that we have between each other. And then really since then, it's really taken a really hard turn and I feel like an upward direction, but not because we're striving to be like in an upward direction. It's just because we've been loving and respectful and vulnerable. And I think you can't, like you can't hide that in the music. Like we went to, man, in all the years I've been playing music, I don't know how many shows I've played, but let's say a thousand or more. We went to Asheville in whatever, I don't know, if June or maybe July. July? It's July, gotta be July. Yeah. And... We went up there and played this gig, and of all the shows I've ever played, it was definitely one of the top ones, like top five for sure. It's like hard to say like that with like Swanee and other stuff. It's like, you know, things I've watched all my heroes do and all that stuff. But I mean, certainly it was up there, way up there, without even a doubt. And it was because it was like a combination of all of us just trusting and loving and respecting and being vulnerable there's all this crazy shit leading up to the show that was not perfect like we were running really late we left early in the morning from here and we were like getting in like 30 minutes before the show at like 10 o'clock or whatever That's why you leave the day before right oh dude it was like a, and and brandon will laugh because he was the one saying you know we gotta make sure we're leaving we're gonna leave early in the morning we all hit we took two cars and we all hit all this gnarly ass traffic it sure. was fucking terrible yeah um the car that brandon and aaron were in got up there like 10 minutes before <laughs> called oh. i mean i'm talking about we were to the fucking wire dude that's what brandon was saying so yeah. it was like it was like heavy like to get started but then we came in and we just played and we all knew like everybody has coming from these different perspectives and like different little stressors and things we got to work through and we got up we started playing it was i think i think it was our best show in this band um or at least i felt like it was probably and uh in all the shows i've ever played it was it was I mean, it was up there in my favorite shows ever. Yeah. And it's because of those things. So I hope it comes across. It makes it easy for us, I feel like, to do like what we want to do now and to give without, you know, we had no idea what to expect up there in Asheville. Right. right? Uh, but we just gave, you know, without worrying about what was going to come back, but just completely giving. And it turned out to give us back like something that you could not have expected to get back, which is, which is kind of why when that stuff works, it's so cool. We couldn't expect, you know, whatever to be going on was going on. But whatever happened in that night in the room with the people, it was super fun. And I was like, all right. So I think that's – hopefully that continues to work that way. But I think it's partly rooted in, in a little bit of luck and then that kind of vulnerability. Yeah, totally. I think it's a big piece Cause, of it. Because I played that that place, that exact oh, yeah. same place. And I had – uh, an entire bachelorette party asking if we knew any Taylor Swift songs. That, no, that was the... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, oh, no. no. And she goes, I'm from Alabama. And I'm like, I couldn't tell. No, no, that was... Everyone's like, wearing Crimson Tide shirts. That was at One World Brewery. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Why do we have to argue about things when I clearly remember where it was? When, that's when Rory played with us. Nope. Just, no, it wasn't. Oh, well, that's what, that's what <laughs> like I remember. Like, it's the end of he it. He said, nah, nah. <laughs> But well, yeah, that that, that I, I I played there before, and you're, the, what's so crazy about it is 
is there you're below the Asheville Music Hall, which is this like giant, you know, uh, uh, music venue downtown, and there's always a band there. Which, what night did you play? Like a Friday or Saturday night? I think it was this. It was a Friday, I think. I'm just saying, like, you, obviously Friday? they're, they're going to have. It was a Friday or Saturday, but I think it was a Friday. They're going to have somebody upstairs that's, usually, if not regional, like national touring act, come through. And then, yeah, watching the videos that y'all had, I was just like, fuck, yes, yeah. good for you. Well, it was it was just weird and crazy. Like like I said, I, I we did not, we had a lot of obstacles, like, coming into that, right? Like, that were really stressful that could have or should have, you know, like, screwed with us. And it was just loving each other and respecting each other and being vulnerable and doing it because we want to do it together. And we want to do it with the people that we're doing it with. And all of a sudden, we just gave. We didn't expect anything back. And, dude, like the entire staff from upstairs left and came downstairs. A shitload, <laughs> so of, pe- dope. A shitload of people from the show upstairs left and came downstairs. That is yeah. so fucking like, cool, and it's not to it's not to take anything away from everything else that was going on. It was just like there was something happening that was we did not control that. We didn't have anything to do with it. Right. We were just giving without looking for shit back right and all of a sudden like the whole place changed like it was like some weird ass like um cosmic dust was floating around and like all of a sudden everyone was breathing in the same like the same way the music like there's something in the frequency right there's something that happens that you don't you can't like alter it you can just do what you're doing and all of a sudden it just picked up through all of the vibes and i i feel like the whole fucking town you know, I, I'm not trying to like romanticize it, but it was something way beyond the four of us that we allowed maybe to come through by giving without looking for shit back or something. But something definitely happened. I don't know what it was or how it happened, and I don't think we control it. Like that was something else Brandon said. You're not gonna just grab that on command every time, right? It's not. Which was what was so cool about it. It's not something you just take, right? It's all. It's all in a giving direction. And that's that definitely galvanized like some of the things that I've struggled with and been working towards, um, even on myself. And I think the group too, like everyone kind of recognized maybe that is that there is something really big in like it's not about anything but giving. It's not about making it. It's not about being cool. It's not about any of those things. It's just about doing what you love and loving what you do with the people you're with. And then getting to fucking experience those moments. It was great. I'll remember that one just like any time I remember like playing on the fucking amphitheater at Swanee. Right? Right? It's like it it was that big a deal because there was something else happening. Just like at Swanee there's something else happening. Oh yeah. And and it's way beyond you. You know? It's way beyond your band. It's way beyond it's there's no, I don't know, whatever. Well, yeah, but it was like holding like that moment. It's a Wizard of Oz, like, poppy field situation. Just like, you're just like, oh, fuck, yeah, this this is a great place to be right now. It was definitely something. I've, I, I've got experience that I'm not trying to uh, 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 ruin your, your story or anything. But no, I, dude. I played it I played at uh, uh, 1904 with Greenhouse Lounge. And, awesome. Uh, uh, well, it was cool, but uh, the, the best part of it was it was uh, us four, and then Rosie got on stage with us, oh, yeah. right? Roosevelt Collier. And uh, we played this uh, section um, where it's just supposed to be like, I don't know, maybe like 16 times through and then it's just done. We play that section for 20 minutes. And the reason yeah. why is because at, have you ever played a show before where uh, uh, the whole uh, crowd or whatever, they have stopped looking at you and stopped cheering you on. They are literally just dancing. Yeah. yeah. And they're, and like it was like a disco ball moment. Like I always had some sort of like high school prom or something or something like that. And like that's awesome. We're like just fucking keep going. And it's, you could just feel it. 
and he listen and that's the best part of the whole thing. It's like a, a 120 uh, uh, trance, like four on the floor, and then just going B minor to G major yeah. the whole time. Well, he's a guy he can do. Like he's a guy. Like I was saying, we can't like just grab it on command. He's oh, a yeah. guy. I feel like he's figured out how to grab that shit on command. Like uh, every he's got soul for sure. Every show he plays. Every time I've played with him. He's got a way of he he's he gets he gets it like all the things that are whatever that it is. He's definitely given it and yeah, I mean I believe it. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Because he's he's got to figure it out. Anytime he's up there with folks and you guys, are, greenhouse is sick. Um, yeah, I believe I believe it. Like you said, like a disco ball moment that's awesome yeah. it was so yeah it was so just like like you said that moment where it was like it had nothing to do with us or anything like that it had to do with the fact that there's 100 people dancing and they just wanted to dance and they i like they were they were appreciating the music i guess but they weren't looking at us not one person was looking at us but they were all dancing and like super fucking into it and all we were playing is b minor to g major yeah. like that's the most <laughs> simple fucking thing ever i mean like it was you know pretty dumb that's where yeah. it's at though it's like it's almost like a validation of a different kind instead yeah. of like a, a validation of like all those things about being a musician it's almost like the same validation you get like when you go like if you ever like been out into nature it could be like the ocean or a mm. mountain or whatever and you look and you're like or just the stars and you're like this shit is so fucking huge yeah it's like that it's not even a it's like a realization kind of thing true yeah. beauty it's like yeah it's like dude this is way outside of all of us unexplainable true beauty that's what uh c.s lewis uh, explained for the existence of a higher being all right without a doubt but you know maybe it's just us lay it on us billy not keep being going. able to Go, uh, fully comprehend you know something you know that's enormous well, there's something that... But, you, but I, I still think that, you know, when those moments happen, you do think for a second, you're like, oh, well, shit, I should have been paying attention to Sunday school just for a second. Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's real. Maybe God's real and everything, but... There's something real there. I mean, and, and it whew. feels... It's very strange. I don't know what to call T- it. Terrence McKenna says... Uh, the, uh, a, friend, a good friend of mine, Jared Bell, uh, sent this uh, speech to me recently from Terrence McKenna. Uh, and... He said something that I thought was so, like, on the mark. He said a lot of things in that speech I thought were on the mark. But this one in particular, where he said the idea of something, uh, like, like, I'm paraphrasing, but the, but the idea of the metric for, for something being real, uh, like, having to be something you have to, that you can hit with a hammer is, like, insane and the fact that we've like just all accepted that to be reality is like the mo- is the most absurd thing it is. in the world which is, <laughs> yeah, his, is which is his problem you know Terrence McKenna is very outspoken about his problem with you know or uh, with uh, hard sciences and how it's all you know like he another thing he said in this quote in this speech was like the best thing that hard science does uh, again I'm paraphrasing is like using its uh findings to build tools for toddlers he's like (laughs) (laughs) it's like literally it's it's like that's its greatest achievement it's like because we know that it can do that but everything else is up for debate among amongst that that stuff and so you hear things like so what i'm saying is those, those experiences like that we know intuitively there's something happening there we can't use the sciences to prove what's happening there right now but we for sure can 
we know through the experience that and through our own intuition that there's a real connection happening. Yeah. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah like totally. Escape to Witch Mountain situation. I don't get that reference. The made-for-TV Disney TV movie where the twins have supernatural powers. They could touch each other and have te- telepathy. Halloween World? No, it's Halloween Town. Halloween Town. Secondly, it's Whoops. Escape to Witch <laughs> Mountain. They remade it with The Rock, actually. Okay. Which doesn't make any sense because he doesn't have a twin brother in Don't the movie. you smell what The Rock's cooking in? Come on, Jesus Christ! Come on, man! Smell what he's cooking. Have you ever tasted heaven in a glass? Do you pine for the hoppiest brews and palest ales? Do you like food? If so, then Wicked Barley is the oasis that your mouth has been wishing for, walking into the complete barren wasteland that is your life. Wicked Barley is located in Jacksonville, Florida, nestled on the banks of Goodpiece Creek. Wicked Barley aims to provide its guests with a wicked experience offering over 18 house-brewed beers, ciders, and meats on tap. They also have an expansive gastropub-style food menu, including burgers, salads, sandwiches, and more. Whether you are a newcomer or a craft beer connoisseur, there's a little something for everyone at Wicked Barley. Visit them at 4100 Bay Meadows Drive and tell them Bottom of the Bill sent you. But yeah, I think I think moments like that. I mean, Terrence McKenna was talking more about like alien life and you know interdimensional travel and that kind of thing. But uh, it, that's in, what I in think the, in the pocket is actually or reptilian existence. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't let it. If you if you get him drunk enough, he'll really tell you how to fucking bend space time. Yeah, he will. What's what's homeboy's name? Uh, David Ike. Ike. Uh, is it Ike or Ike? I always forget. They it say it's matter. something different. But, but yeah, we don't, yeah. Your homeboys, um, or he doesn't like you very much. Well, he doesn't <laughs> like you very much, yeah. Um, no, but there's something there, I think, with with, with music and, and art in general. But there's something with like the vibration of music, you go. know, that uh, that I don't know is fully explainable. But I think I think we've all we've all had those moments, whether it's in perform performance or just experiencing somebody else perform, where you're just, like overtaken with this thing where you're, it's just it's hard to explain, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely something tactile happening, right? Like the old, you know, the, I think the sensation or the sense of hearing, right? It does all these weird things with touch. Yeah. Right? The vibration does all these weird things with touch, but it's also stimulating your mind. It's so multifaceted. Yeah, I mean, in the same way visual arts are, right? I mean, there's something happening to your eyes and it's triggering all these other, you know, neurological pathways, I'm sure. But some reason, the music stuff, man, it's insane. Like, there's pieces of classical music, you, like, if I listen too loud, like, bug me out so intent. Like, all the string vibrations and the bass and just the swells and the nuance. Or, like, uh, listen to those some jazz albums will do rights that, of string, uh, Rights of right, uh, rights rights of Spring, spring yeah. from Stravinsky. Yeah, just listen yeah. to that. You just be like, fuck, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff going on. Or some Indian music, you know, is really – I really like yeah. that. Or – um. Like ancient chants, like oh, when yeah. I was in school, I got really into like um, all kinds of uh, Native American song, and that kind of stuff is the same way. A lot of with that pulsing beat and the singing and the way they compose their, uh, you know, their singing uh, melody lines and things, and uh, especially familiar, Indian music. Are you familiar familiar with uh, Jimmy Smith? Not 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 the reggae artist uh, from back in the day, but like uh, the he's a he's a modern jazz guy. And he's like done this thing where he he was on Eric Krasno's podcast recent or not recently with like you know within the last year, um, and he talks about how he's incorporated 
like he's written these jazz compositions, but he's incorporated like um, Native American kind of uh, uh, percussion oh. and chants into. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen that. I need to check that out because that was something that I was uh, uh, really dug. Like our one of our when I was in school, like the library there had an awesome collection of all kind of world music, and it was, you know, like. Library of Congress, Congress kind of stuff, and I would go in and I'd check out all these like volumes of all this stuff. They would go out into, you know, the the country, and they would record all these folks as like oral traditions. Mm-hmm. There's just tapes and tapes and tapes of this shit. It was is amazing music, and I just never heard anything like it. Yeah, and I it's hard to even find now, um, but. I think there's like some serious power in that stuff. I hear like the vibration piece of it, and it translates to all music. If you're resonating with some kind of music, there's something in that that's hit you. But boy, if you open that stuff up, or open yourself up to that stuff, I should say. Yeah, for sure, man. This might be like a stoner moment thought, Uh but I'm just thinking about like you know the space and universe. Uh, uh, There's no, there's no air out there, so there's no music. The only place where there's music is Earth. That's not really true. That is true. They're, if you listen, they're like they they've been able able to uh, record the like the the sounds that like say so there's sounds it, in the, space. The, the, they've been recording some weird from stuff. planets and like magnetic fields and all this kind of stuff have uh, sound. But there's tonal value there, like that that that's that's that you can hear, and it's like you know. I think we can't. It may be in frequency ranges or bands that we don't we're not privy to or something. Oh, like fucking. Alien music? Dude. Alien music. Oh, reptilian music, maybe? Yeah. Alien music you know? is just like. Reptilian tunes. <laughs> is that the name of the next time. album? Is it reptilian tunes? Yeah, reptilian tunes? Reptilian tunes. Reptilian tunes, yeah. dude. No. Um, no, but I think, I mean, it, it is something that's for sure universal. It's not like. It, it, it's something that, like, like, sounds. Like, I was. I remember when I was on, on the road with Brock, with Brock and Jake, we were in, like, Maine or somewhere. And we had a couple of nights off, and we were we we were staying at a friend friend's house, like Get one of his friends' houses, and <laughs> this uh, I heard like in the uh, in the distance a, a bird, right? It's just like and this bird is doing a like a triad, okay, and it's just like that that interval just exists. And, and it's like now that's the that's the second part of uh, C.S. Lewis's exist our proof of existence of a higher power is truth, and truth is things that you can see like why four plus four equals eight is objective reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so maybe that has something to do with it too. You put it all together, the last one is goodness, that proves an existence. That why why are you. Why does morality exist? Well, this can get a, get to be really deep. That's what I'm just trying to say. Is is rat? Well, hang on. Well, I'll say that for the last one. Well, so there's so if you really, I mean, they're like, all gonna get mo- baptized. Morality. <laughs> so mo- mo- morality, pro- like, like I mean, I'm just speculating. Morality probably exists because we have a le- level of empathy because we can perceive. A level of consciousness mm. that gives us some insight to a oneness right where we can understand each other's emotions and dealings with things because we're actually in tune with the same exact uh source of consciousness right but i'm saying animals don't have empathy 
yeah well they, they're not they, they don't perceive that level of, of consciousness right, right. They, they, they perceive a certain level of consciousness but haven't tapped into that level where you no, can they're not sentient yeah well not full they are to an extent right like they are they're self-aware Right, right? The, but the they're, they're not aware of you though, as like a uh, as something with feelings. They're not aware that there's more that there's like a, a horse is not aware that there's a, like a million horses. That's the whole difference between us and animals. Yeah, That's but what the, well, is. if there was a million horses in front of them, they'd, they'd be aware there's a million horses in front of them. Sure, you know but what I mean? there's net there's what eight billion people on the planet. I know that, and I also know that like, there's it's probably more than that. Well, regardless, the whole point is that yeah, I know that there's eight billion people. Yeah, there, yeah. And they all. But you, you know, don't. But, but but you don't know the exact number of people that are here. It's kind of a similar thing. There's still a limit to the level of consciousness that that, that you have. And the last thing is that they don't they don't create anything. That isn't for survival. I think um, survival. Do you think? Well, whatever. This has gone way off the rails, but well, that's all right. I, mean, I like so, off the so rails. Interesting. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm home. I'm we're just off the rails. I'm home. <laughs> tired right. about sitting. One of my, my, my biggest hobby, or not biggest hobby, but oh, my, shit. We're my, my most we're favorite uh, uh, topic is consciousness, and, yeah. and the, 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 the fact that we, uh, as human humans, know that we exist. Yeah. And know what consciousness is, but what is that? And then that kind of like makes your mind break. And then I've come to the conclusion after a while, just I don't exist. We don't exist. Yeah, I don't agree <laughs> with that at all. Yeah. I, 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 I believe that what consciousness is, is it's just a level of perception. Like, the, the, like there's a there's consciousness is a, 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 a revolving thing uh, of awareness and attention. No, That's all con- it is. No, consciousness is 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 what we're all living it within. Right, like, like, it, like, energy and matter can't be created or destroyed. So, like, consciousness is the thing that energy and matter kind of live within. No. And then, as hold on, as an animal, as as an animal that has a brain that works at a certain capacity, you can perceive a level of consciousness. Right, so you have mat. Sorry, you have matter, energy, and you have consciousness. Okay. As an as a, as an animal, you can perceive a certain level of consciousness, but certain animals can only perceive like a different level, like a like like a lower level of consciousness. And I'm sure there's other beings out there that can that can perceive a higher level of consciousness, which is why they can manipulate things in a different you know way that in, in a different way in a different way that we can uh, you know understand. Right. So that's assuming. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep going. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. My my point being is that I don't think that there like the reason uh, why you were in the bathroom like something that I was stating was like the reason why I think we can uh, why we can understand empathy is that empathy is just like something that you gain awareness of as you tap into a certain level of consciousness because there is a certain oneness that we're all tapping into whether you're a cockroach or whether you're a human being <laughs> right let me finish though let, let, let me finish at a certain level of awareness you become aware of the way other people or other beings might feel about something because we're all because we've gotten to the level level where we can tap into that oneness where we're feeling each other's thing, right? But like animals can tap into it to a point where they're aware of themselves. Yeah, they're not they're not aware of like like the things that make you like a separate entity, right? Like your emotions and all. So it's like it's just different level levels of like perceiving consciousness because your brain is capable of doing 
that. Well, I would m- rather call it different planes of existence, but not consciousness. Consciousness, yeah, it's like, all semantics, but it's the same thing, though. Yeah. Well, no, because it's a little bit different. It's like, not. No, it is because consciousness is you literally knowing that you exist. Period. Right, but 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 it's and like you it's, like taking in everything. That's like, different when, when than when you turn the, when you turn the TV on, yes, right? Yeah. It's getting a signal. That signal is already there. Oh yeah, but the television's like now we will tap into that signal. Right, that's what it is. Like when you turn off, the signal doesn't go away. It's just your body's not perceiving the signal anymore. Mm. But but that consciousness is still there. But it doesn't exist unless you are uh, aware you, you or are, paying attention to it. We don't. Or is that what you're saying that it doesn't exist? It does exist the whole time. It exists it, regardless, regardless of, of what. anything. Yeah. No. Ma- I, matter and energy is not created or destroyed. Sure, that's, but that's that's how that. relativity works. Anyways, is what if if no one's observing it, it's not doesn't exist. Like Schrodinger, like it doesn't exist. It's very Ayn Randian of you. I'm just trying to say that consciousness in itself pro- probably don't exist. It's, it's a level of percep- it's, just, it's just perceiving like 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 light, right? Like like you perceive light, you perceive like what you perceive smell, you perceive like. You know, like, like you perceive all of these mm-hmm. things, right? Yeah, it's awareness. Like those things, right? Those things all exist regardless of you being here or not. No, that's what I'm saying. Is and it, consciousness it is just, exist. It's just a that's thing that you perceive. No, yeah. I, I mean, we're. Oh, yeah, you used to. We're, we find about. We just just disagree. Oh, 100%. what do you think, Ben? Um, I think you're probably almost in the same place. You know what I mean? I, I'm not so convinced that like. I hear what you're saying. Whether you're a cockroach or you're anti. No, 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 no. Cockroach. That's cockroach. That's what a cockroach. Laughing. That's what I was laughing about. Um, I hate roaches, by the way. They're my no, least but, favorite but thing. But look, I mean, cockroach, like he's Tony Montana. I kind of hear like, <laughs> I kind of hear like, I hear the same direction in both places, right? I mean, you're saying, hey, this stuff exists whether you recognize it or not, and. I Which think is what I'm more Ayn Randian of me to say that. Think, than, well, like, yeah, and I think we, what Ayn I'm Randian? hearing Billy say doesn't is that matter. it's not, it's not, um, consciousness doesn't exist. And I think they're both, I think they're both true. I think, at least uh, kind of from some of my experiences, I'll say. Yeah. That I think that, um, I think consciousness at an individual level, right? it ceases to exist when you have that, when you tune out and you find that larger awareness and things like empathy is, is some, you know, we have this condition almost where by default we're programmed to reflect from like this individual point of view. Right. And like anytime you first enter, not anytime, a lot of things, what I've experienced or I've heard people talk about that I identify with, is like when you start to transcend into some other state, right? It's like you're the. Have you ever heard somebody say like you're on like a set? Like no. when you when you start to drop out, like you're on the set of a movie, or you're like I've heard yeah, like you're a like Truman Show kind of thing. You're like on the on this set of this thing, and I think that's like the first sensitivity to like you're actually dropping away from this default condition of like holding on to this sense of individuality yeah totally. and it's like that the the strings are starting to pull off of like this single frame of reference and then all of a sudden you end up in a place where i think what you're saying is true where you realize like consciousness is an individual state doesn't maybe maybe doesn't 
necessarily exist and there's this potential to get to what I'm hearing you describe as like the oneness yeah and I think that that's true I think once you recognize that you know there is a oneness and that potentially every sense of individuality is a refraction of that oneness working cooperatively simultaneously it makes things both instantly true is that consciousness doesn't really exist and that hey at the same point you have this single frame of reference when you break away from that and you're starting to recognize all of those things you're almost meeting yourself so i see what you're saying a- empathy is a cool thing because specifically you're <laughs> it's like self-love in a way right and that's why i think it's such a cool thing to love other people like even and i think that's wow so all right let's let's run with that and say if we take that a step farther like what's happening in music like and i'll just use our group on the stage right we start talking about like love and trust and vulnerability it's all of a sudden recognizing like the oneness of the thing yes and then all of a sudden something else happens exactly and and i think that that we've maybe talked about a, that in the show before exactly with maybe that's live. maybe that's what's occurring with whatever we're finding yes is you know it took us a little bit to kind of get there but i think that's kind of what it is like both things are true right it, it's it's the surrender of that individual refraction right and kind of saying hey maybe but, this individual consciousness it doesn't exist well the, yeah. the, the, the okay well if if you're gonna if you go if you're yeah. gonna say sure well put if, if, you talk if, better than I do, and I'm not <laughs> saying it's a fact. I'm not saying it's a fact. It's, it's no, of course. I'm saying it's what I'm kind of perceiving to be true, and what I feel, what I feel comfortable with from an understanding perspective. But understanding is kind of bullshit too. Sure, that's it, assuming like you've got it hacked, and I think that's like a, the first trick to falling back into individuality. Totally, totally, totally. Just get into the block. I think, dude. but but <laughs> let it eat. Yeah, I think that the, I think that you may, but by 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 saying individual consciousness doesn't exist versus saying consciousness doesn't exist those are two different things right because like what what i'm saying is that like yeah there's an ego death that happens right but that doesn't negate consciousness that just means that our idea of consciousness ceases to exist because we're not like we we haven't uh refracted it like we, we, we haven't like whittled it down to this almost prison like state well and there's of being be- trapped in the physical body there's also beauty the brain. There. there's also beauty there totally. right it's there's, there's beauty in in the it seeing itself which is maybe why it's defaulted this way that's it that, that's it's another layer of harmony that may have to be there for it to we are lit we, we are literally work. we are literally we are literally uh, we're the universe experiencing itself right like like consciousness is that it's like we're a part of the universe we become aware of ourselves that's what it is that doesn't just stop with us mm-hmm. uh, like that goes higher your brain is just experiencing a, a certain level of that thing right right so when it ceases to exist it's not that consciousness goes away it's just that like the body like, like this body right here doesn't perceive it anymore but it doesn't mean that your personality or that your existence goes away right because you you are not just you you are like 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 you're you're a reflection of this whole thing does that make sense yeah that freaks me out all the time that i don't know exactly who, who like what i am or like who i am because I can't really point to like the brain cell that is me because there is none because it, you, and that freaks and no one, me out. And, and no one knows. Beca- no, no one <laughs> like knows. Really no one knows. Like this has been like like the 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 battle for a long time. I mean, no one knows where consciousness 
like we're, we're, we're sorry where the mind actually lives right yeah. and a part of that is just it, it isn't a physical thing it's that oh, you're yeah. just perceiving something that's already there it's an at a certain level it can't it can't have one without the other it's attention and awareness and that that's what consciousness is no and you, just, you but you don't create consciousness that's, that's the thing no humanity created it as a survival technique no that's not but that that's where With, we disagree though i i think that's what it was i don't think there was a big hand in the sky that was like boop neither do i i'm not like that either well, then, it just it just exists it's just a matter of, it's just a fact of it's like you have energy that just exists you have matter and you have consciousness we don't talk about the consciousness because that kind of implies a different thing it's not energy or matter Be- because it's it's kind of like like, like the glue in between yeah. or 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 the thing that it's that the energy and matter sorry or god whatever you want to call it yeah. yeah it's the thing that energy and matter exist within and then you as energy and matter have developed dev- developed a brain for as a survival mechanism to work on a level that can perceive a certain amount of consciousness that gives you uh, the understanding of empathy and, and furthermore sympathy, right? Uh, because that's where our survival mechanism really is. Like we're not physically capable of taking on our our enemies, but like we can outsmart them because we can understand each other's positions and more than that we can feel each other's positions there's a cool uh, thing down that kind of line that might be worth looking at that i really like and it's this idea of of perichoresis or perichoretics and that is kind of this i don't know if it started with the greeks it probably started before that it's like some path of self-awareness but it's this idea that Something only is what it is as it is in relationship to the things around it, right? And, and to me, that's always given, like, some kind of rationality around this idea of, like, consciousness or not. And that there's only that assignment or that awareness or that interaction because of the things that it's interacting around, right? Like, something is only what it is as it is interacting with those other pieces. So, like, you only are here and what you are and experiencing this because of these things that you're interacting with because without that it would be fundamentally changed or wouldn't exist right potentially. See, it's so a point it's a of cool, reference kinda. It's, it's something that was used in theology when they started looking at like um the concept of like the holy trinity right so like in a in a christian theological perspective which i'm neither advising you to think about or advocate for but just how that's used is when they look at those three pieces of that concept, right? That those three entities that constitute like the Holy Trinity are only what they are as they are in relationship to the others. Right. And that is a scalable thought process, which is kind of what I took from it is that, Hey, that idea is probably pretty universally applicable, which is, I think it, it kind of came from a Greek line of thought originally, so I don't think it was applied directly there first. I think it was rationalized against that to make a point. Um, and I think that starts to tie some of those concepts of like multiplicity and consciousness and absence of or mutual inclusivity together in a pretty cool way. Yeah. And I always, that always made sense to me, at least, uh, based on some of the experiences that I've had. And I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe. You know, because it allows for that duplicity of like an individual self but also like the complete loss of self in relationship to all these other things so it kind of ties the oneness 
to still the concept of individuality because how otherwise might you recognize it right uh, or how might it recognize itself yeah exactly and 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 maybe that's the necessary evil well, that almost has to occur. It's kind of a cool. Well, th- it's kind of a cool way to think about it. Think about think about like like the idea of sympathy, right? Like 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 empathy is par- probably like the pinnacle of individuality because like we can we can live amongst each other without having to kind of like we, could, we because we know, we can understand our circumstances without having to feel on the level that's almost. Uh, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, uh, the, the handicaps you, right? But like, but w- once empathy gets to the next level, which is like sympathy, it's almost like sympathy is this debilitating kind of thing where the empathy is like too much. And it's like, you now we get to a point, uh, we, we, we've gone past understanding and we're actually physically feeling hurt for you, which all t- which can, if you think about like how, how, like, you know, nature works and, you know, predator versus prey type thing, it can almost be used as, as a manipulation against you when it become when empathy turns to sympathy, which ultimately kind of, uh, uh, or it can start as, it can start as sympathetic, right? Which is almost disingenuine from the start. Yeah. Right. There's a realism to empathy. That's, there's like a purity to the intent. Right. Sympathy is not necessarily carrying that. Well, I feel isn't sympathy more like when when you've taken like it's almost like you've taken the pain on yourself. It's like you, it's like it's not even just understanding the situation. Now it's like you're feeling their situation, and that to me could be like it, it could be a debilitating thing for the individual, but it's almost like you've tapped into this higher thing. Yeah, where it's like it's not about me anymore. Now this is like I actually feel your pain. Yeah. It's debilitating to the sense where it where it it. It, it destroys the individual, but it actually elevates you to that next level, right? So it's like it's circular, you know. It's kind of that's how that's how everything works. So we get to a point where we've reached a pinnacle, and then we start to at a certain point we start to subtract, you know, like like, like there's you know subtraction in addition at, at a certain point, and I think that, that that might be kind of where humans are, like like we start to reach this point where you know where empathy was our pinnacle and sympathy might be our downfall, not necessarily for, for, you know, like, like for, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, we're, we're actually kind of like re uh, regressing to a a point of like this understanding, this oneness, you know what I mean? Well, we tap into it with music. I guess that's what I was trying to say to bring it back. (laughs) Yeah, bring it back. I just, I, I that's what I was it's quite a well. We've we've turned fifty in a well, right? No, now. yeah. I, I, but that's what I was just trying <laughs> to bring up that there is something else out there that you can't put your finger on at all when it comes to those moments that we yeah. were talking about. And I don't know what it is. No one does. No one does. But we try to fucking put it into words and talk about it for thirty minutes here. And it's trying to explain an acid trip. There's well, just no point. Well, and that's too like back to what Brandon was saying last week. That's why we stopped trying to like expect that we're gonna get there. Right. Right. Because it's like it's a it's a goose chase in a sense. All you can do is like do that give without looking for without looking for anything specific back. Yeah. And then and then kind of trust that it's gonna do its thing. Yeah. I mean, because you're right. You can't, you can't put your finger on it, and you can't command it, and you can't, uh, you can't mandate that it shows up. 
Right. You know? Totally. Be, yeah. Which is, which is kind of cool. I think that's why artists chase it forever. That's why yeah. you chase it your whole life, right? Because it's not, it's like the wind, right? Yeah. It's like the fucking wind. I'm, in my head, I'm already putting together a screenplay for a band or just a musician that's just trying to chase the perfect gig. You know what? That makes me think of that Bob Reynolds guitar band, man. Like, that's um, one of the great... I, I tell some I folks her. I work with, I'm always, I always tell them, show. go listen to Can't Wait for Perfect. Yeah. And, apply, and apply the way that makes you feel to the rest of your life. Yeah. And that comes back to what we first started talking about. Don't wait for perfect, bro. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait for perfect. For sure. And, and I think that's what Tony was trying to tell me. You know, and, and like live performance, I think that's the moral. I think that's the moral of the story. I mean, that Bob Reynolds guy, damn, is he right? You know, is that group even itself specifically do some fucking incredible music? But, I mean, that's that's one that, boy, you talk about hitting the nail on the head. Like the title, the feeling, the movement, maybe the lesson in kind of what we've been chasing the last, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Maybe it's right in that song. I mean, I I, I don't know. I always think back on that one. Or like, um, so what? Yeah. <laughs> You know, oh yeah, like talk about a, you know, kind of blue, right? It was such a cool album, but so what? So what? <laughs> like, yeah. god dang, man, so got it so figured out. Yeah, totally, man. That guy's got it so figured out. Oh, well, you know, God bless his soul, wherever he is in the <laughs> cosmic world. Yeah. But damn, like all the advice you hear him giving to all these cats over all the years, and uh, it's just so amazing. And I just think about, I think about that guy. You know, he wanted to give a shit yeah definitely <laughs> not yeah you know definitely ca- you know definitely cared but not in the way that i think cripples a lot of people or that we a lot of us as artists struggle with yeah you know he had different struggles maybe it's but out there though the perfect gig without a fucking doubt it's out there the perfect chase it show. bro chase it you the chase your whole life you chase your whole life but, but, and it's like, good like the pick of destiny no that's kind of what i was thinking about it when i was thinking about it, like yeah like it would be you know Jack Black and Kenny, not what, not Kenny G. What's his name? Oh, KG. KG. Yeah, KG. Yeah. KG. Kenny G. Yeah. That's Fucking a movie. Cage, that's a movie. Not Kenny you know? G, sorry. Yeah. That's what I call uh, uh, Kenny Gilbert's actually. Really? That's funny. Called Kenny G's. You know what I'm talking about? The anyways. All right, we're way out the subject. Well, uh, let's reel it in. It's, well, it's probably a good time to get to unpopular opinions. Cast it out more. You know um, what I'm saying? All right, unpopular. <laughs> oh, uh, you guys ready for some unpopular opinions? Did you write any down? I wrote two down so far. Oh, nice. He's got, shit, one, he's got I one, think one. last one. All right. All right. All, all right. right. So, so you know how it works, right? We do three, then you do one at the end. Okay. He's, he's let's been go. Been here before. This is pretty. This is pretty good. Fiftieth episode. This is an Alex Jones episode. This is an Alex end. Jones episode. No tinfoil hats here, but you don't know. cancel us, YouTube. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, uh, now it's very hard to say this one unless you have actually listened to this song. But the theme from uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Oh, my God. The whole thing slaps. It's Love the most it. ridiculous Love it. fucking theme song that's ever been. Like, when the. Did you watch it on, like, a, a I, I, we, PBS? I grew as a up kid? on that show. Are you freaking kidding me? Like Amazing. The, the, the gumshoes, bro. Let's go. Yeah. Gum, yeah. Uh, and then she had, like, a. Well, whatever. The whole point is, 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 like, you only heard, like, the first 30 seconds of it. But it's a six minute song. And it's ridiculous. It's amazing. All right. It's Maybe literally not an amazing. Opinion, but listen to the theme song I of Karma Sandiego. I have to listen to it again. I, I have no. Oh, I, I haven't, I haven't just, played that game since I was like 
in fucking the TV show, third bro. Grade. But the TV show, outstanding. It was outstanding. It was for the TV show. It was like a quiz show for kids and everything like that. Okay. It's like a combination of like Jeopardy and like the Nickelodeon like Jungle. What was that Jungle Adventure game? Oh, oh yeah. Of the Hint yeah, Temple. it's like that cross with Jeopardy for kids. Okay. Amazing. That's what I'm trying to convince Carrie, my uh, girlfriend, to uh, do for uh, uh, Halloween couples costume. Oh yeah, the blue barracuda is sick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion because that may just be truth. It is. I don't true. know. I mean, fucking uh, listen to that song. Truth or dare. There you go. Claps. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. So my first unpopular opinion is that the Irish mob is underrated. Yeah. Yeah. So do we all agree? Is it says it's not unpopular? <laughs> uh, I love uh, uh, the Departed. Yeah. So and, and that was with uh, what's his name Bulger. Oh, what, uh, no. So it was based that, that off was Whitey based Bulger. Off of Whitey Bulger. Also, that's his yeah. Name. So Whitey Bulger. Is that movie with Johnny Depp was uh, fucking bla- weird. Uh, black <laughs> black something. Yeah. Um, that was a great movie. Black Sheep. No, it wasn't Black Sheep. Pretty sure um, David Spade's in it. Yep. <laughs> um, no, so I I think the Irish mob is underrated. That, that they don't get enough play, man. There's a lot of stuff that they did with, you know. Potatoes. <laughs> I could say it. Well. <laughs> go ahead. Irish, we'll we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll, I think we'll, uh, we'll get a call to come to the hospital and check out the tag <laughs> on your toe later. Yeah. yeah. I just think that, you know, that. Like I don't know, man. I, th- I think that they're, it's just not talked about enough. I think there's a lot of international dealings that they were involved with. They also did a lot of dirty work for the Italian mob that nobody, that everyone just like attributes attributes to the Italian mob, and they don't they don't get the credit, man. I think it's it's an interesting side of uh, of American history that's not like showcased enough. My whole family is Irish, like way back but like, like from kentucky yeah that's what i'm trying to and say you guys have been here since like the 1600s i'm just trying to say like i've never heard one story about the irish mob yeah, yeah from the 16 fucking because it's fr- because, because like the irish mob was was it was a 20th century thing and that it was like you know in in the northeast like you know obviously boston whitey bulger and that whole thing only- did you guys see did you see the documentary on uh that they came out with like a few years ago with johnny depp no it's a documentary not a- <laughs> <laughs> yes i have though have you seen yeah. it Okay, now this is a crazy situation, right? Because they're they're going through like all these. It's basically like just talking about like him being on like in prison and on trial for all the stuff that he's done. Yeah, and like he's uh, a bad person. And they ended up catching him in California, right? Yes, yeah, that's he was right. on the run for a long time. So, yep. so was it or was it Mexico? I think they caught him in California, uh, renting an apartment. He's okay. thinking about once upon a time in Mexico. Nope. He and got so, his eyes taken out. Yeah, okay. So Antonio Banderas. Um, but so what happened was like they shot they, machine guns out of their guitars. What, they, they were talking about like all the people that were like affected growing up in that in that area by Whitey Bulger and all that stuff. And so uh, one of the witnesses for that trial, like he ends up like while they're filming the documentary, he ends up dead. Oh no! Yeah. Wow. And and like the 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 guy that they were like interviewing, like the main guy, like he was like cr- like this is like one of his best friends or whatever, and he was like like you see them make the phone call, and he gets a call. This dude like ends up dead, oh, and shit. he's like he, he's like that. He's like they fucking got him. Oh, this no. guy's is like Whitey Bulger's been like out of the picture for like forty years, and they f- and like somehow. So he's not that out of the picture. He's not out of the picture, man. And not it's that like, out of the picture. He's not dead yet. He's in prison right now. Oh, he's in prison. But but you know, there's a whole thing where he was like an informant, right? 
It's, it's basically if you if you watched the uh, the, the Departed, it's it, it's a very much in line with oh, the Whitey yeah, Bulger story. Yeah, because he was story. kind of in it and everything too. Yeah, I but like Whitey Bulger movie. talks about how he's not an informant and how he, how he was giving him like bad information and this and that. But it's just it's it's a very interesting side of the underworld that we don't that they don't that's not talked about as much because obviously the the Italian mob had you know like great food. We talked about this. Yeah, uh, and, and the Irish do not, and that's every single Scorsese movie. Um, no, well, it's, it's also like just the influence of garlic and, in prison. You know, the, the Italian mob obvi- obviously infiltrated uh, society on a much deeper level than the Irish mob did. Yeah, but it's just like there, there's still an interesting history there that, there that I don't think is fully explored. I'm gonna look into. It. I'm gonna look into my culture. Look into it. <laughs> All right, number All right. number two. Oh, this is a great one. Um, Amazon should open a church to really stop paying taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Can you man. imagine a church on every corner and you can pick Jeez. up all your fucking one-day shipping right there, go, to, go there on a Sunday, and Jeff Bezos never has to pay taxes again. Not well, that he has man. was a joke. Uh, is Jeff Bezos not paying taxes or is Amazon not paying taxes? Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes. He doesn't pay taxes? No, he just you goes and floats in space and wears a cowboy hat for no fucking reason. You know that Jeff and then Bezos, does interviews in a f- flight suit. You know that Jeff Bezos And then pays. says thank you to all of his cu- uh, employees you know, you to know, say, thanks thank for sending you for me let, space? letting me no. go to space. Do you know for that f- fucker. Do you know that <laughs> Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes or you, or you think... Are you are you conflating Jeff Bezos with being Amazon? This is two different entities, right? Definitely. Amazon's a company that doesn't pay taxes. Mm, okay. Jeff Bezos is, is an individual who takes income from oh, Amazon. Oh, that's right, because he because he stepped down from CEO, so he has nothing to do with Amazon. Doesn't anymore. matter. We, even when he was CEO of Amazon, yeah. His income is yeah. a separate entity than Amazon's income, right? That's interesting because it seems like all of his income would come from Amazon. It does. It, well, no, he probably had all kinds of investments. It's it's irrelevant. The point being that you're making it's a claim. No, no, it's not relevant because the point is that you're trying to express that this guy yeah. doesn't pay taxes. He doesn't because you because you're saying his company doesn't pay taxes. Yeah. those are different entities, right? Yeah. Okay, so do you know that Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes? Yeah. Or are you saying that Amazon doesn't pay We're taxes? Real and close. Saying that We're going ju- to space next fucking month. Okay. Saturn, dude. Here we go. Uh, Elon says Mars. I say Saturn, boy. Yeah, dude. What <laughs> are we go, doing? Dude. Go to a gas planet. Yeah. <laughs> gas is through the roof right now. Let's mine Saturn. Let's go, dude. Let's go to Saturn. Give me on the rings, bro. Yeah. Give uh, me on the rings. <laughs> All right, so um, in, for me, uh, embracing modern trends should not be taboo. Like what kind of trends? Yeah, what I are like you talking it. About? Okay, progression. I hear progression. Just, Where are we going? Just, I mean, like, what pops to your mind when you say? When well, you wrote I mean, that? more uh, digital we, modeling for a guitar. Yeah, or? totally. That's uh, that's probably <laughs> that's one. That's probably yeah, one, that's dude. Probably let's one, go. One of the first things. Um, also, you know, uh, social media trends and uh, tattoo yeah. removal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> how um, that laser therapy is expensive and it's at least seven or eight sessions. Depending on it, depending on the GoFundMe right now. Healthy dieting and losing weight and all those things as well. I feel really attacked right now. Well, you know, don't have any fear, bro. That's all I'm saying. I am who I Uh, am. So just trying to be the best Anton he can be. I didn't choose this. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Chose you. And secondly, you kind of did choose it. I can lose weight. Yeah, yeah. Can't lose that. There we go. Yeah, let's repeat the same joke you told a couple weeks ago. Well, it Um, slays. That's a good joke. Um, So, (laughs) 
whether it's whether it's technology or social media trends i think there was a uh, there was like a, st- a stat that came out recently where a lot of uh or, sorry it was like 70 or 80 percent of uh new music consumers are finding their music through tiktok which is like insane right but it's like i don't think that people should be resistant to modern trends whether it's like technology or whether it's it doesn't matter what it is. I think everybody's on your uh, side. Money, but the Amish at this point. Though. I disagree, man. I think there's a lot of people that 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 that, that are stuck in their ways. Stuck in their way, not just yeah, like 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 they're just resistant to 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 progress. Whether uh, you know, however it looks, you know, it could be it could be digital currency. It can be you know, it can be technology for for music. It can be technology for marketing. It can be like anything. It's just. I don't. I think that you know we should be looking at modern trends and trying to figure out how to utilize them in a way that's positive. Well, there's an existential you know. there's an ex- existential crisis with adoption, and what I think that comes down to is, uh, and I don't think you're wrong. I think the issue is with the rate new mechanisms or new products are released. Right, which is a product byproduct essentially of really good creativity. Yeah. Right. Um, it's really hard to get adoption up because as soon as somebody gets comfortable on a method, you have to learn a new method. Yeah, totally. And the investment up front for continually embracing new methods requires a lot of overhead that a lot yeah. of people don't, quite frankly, probably have. Sure. And I'm, so, how I'm do right you? There. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think the challenge is definitely there, and I agree with you. Yeah, there's some resistance there, but I think it's. Like, how do you f- discover and then overcome the overhead of replatforming your awareness? And that's, that's a, a, interesting. That's a, a, a that's a whole subject. Yeah. I think that's a whole podcast. And, and, and I think that that's something that that as an individual, I mean, like I struggle with it, as we just talked about earlier with, with my uh, resistance to adopting modern technology with music, like, like, like with 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 gear. Right. It's like it's not so much like my that, that I that I'm that I don't agree with it. It's just like I like I don't have like the like the bandwidth. So I take on like a new thing. I right? see that with social media stuff. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, when, when I was a kid, we had oh, my shit, I got a white. Yeah, it was like, you know, you couldn't get on Facebook. Little known fact for the folks that have come to Facebook after this point. Um, you couldn't get on Facebook without an EDU email. Yeah, if you didn't go to college, you couldn't get on. Right, right. You could not even get an account unless you were registered at like whatever dot edu. Right. And. You know, so I still think of like Facebook as this massive um, social media platform, which of course it is. But if you listen to different podcasts that are talking about music or marketing or whatever, and that's where the last places people stop now, right? Uh, it's like TikTok and, and Instagram, TikTok, dude. Yeah. And Facebook is kind of in the dust for the geezers. Yeah. And for me, it's hard to even still think in that way, right? So, and it's it's because it's hard for me to re-platform. And it's a bandwidth issue, I think, for me, for me at least, right? I've got no resistance to new tech, but like even with the equipment, like you were saying, it's a good point. And I think finding that root cause and like how to address it in all these sectors is probably a really good episode. Yeah. Um, and finding someone who's who's really savvy on kind of how that stuff works, like find like a, a freaking UX designer who perf- who solely deals with marketing and like user adoption of platforms. Yeah. To give you like. That'd be a really cool guest. That'd be a I could point some people guess. your way, actually. Can you really? Absolutely. That'd that be may, amazing. That may be willing to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are huge challenges, and I think uh, it probably 
root cause comes back to that. It's like yeah. bandwidth and adoption, like, and then even the awareness to adopt, and then the overhead to adopt. I mean, there's so many stages. There's to, like, so user many stages adoption. to it, and I think that the, I think that that responsibility falls on the the you know whoever has to use those things or who has whoever has to overcome those things. But the point still remains that like you can't let the obstacles stop you from adopting the the, the, the they new trends. You have to trends. find the value in those steps. That's yeah. Can you thing. give me an example of people that are not doing this? Like, what is something that's like so out there that people are just like, no, I'll I won't do it. I mean, I've, besides I've sp- like I've the social media stuff. Well, I mean, what well, we just talked. I mean, like, I literally I literally made a post on Facebook uh, talking <laughs> talking about outdated platforms. <laughs> I made I made a post on Facebook a few months back where I was asking like uh, something about oh I was asking about like plugins for guitar right like, I was like like who's using uh, what plugins for you know guitar uh, on you know through Logic or whatever that's gonna help me get so and so tone or whatever and like I had literally several people comment on on my on my post saying like oh fucking just get a wall of fucking Marshalls just do this just like fucking good old fashioned I'm just like okay, well, I'm obviously not talking to these people, right? Like, because I'm not looking for the antiquated, already done version of it. I'm looking for a way that I can do it in my apartment. Well, that's you know also what not mean? what you were asking for. Like, I just found this yeah. badass plug-in for, I'm working on an acoustic album. Yeah. Just as a side project. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the songs are, like, songwriter or, like, borderline country-themed tunes. Yeah. And I just found this awesome plug-in for pedal steel. Because I couldn't find a reliable pedal steel player, I started looking at these virtual instruments, and I found a really incredible pedal steel like today. Really? And I'm like, cannot wait to go home. So I'm gonna go home and screw with that. That's the kind In a of stuff, of man. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this thing is sick. I didn't even know it was possible. Bro, that's the kind of stuff. It's a, it's a, I, like so. Maybe I'm just like I, so on your side. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like right there with you. I like, think you're. I, I can't think of anything. You're that like, I'm no, like, I'm like, yeah, not it. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Well, yeah, anything new, fucking give me. Yo, yeah, well, that's kind. Of, that, that's kind of your your uh, thing when it, uh, as, a, as a keyboard player, yeah. right? It's like it's like it's, it's always like, like 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 that that particular instrument's always like the cutting edge yeah. of of the of you know modern technology technology in the music field but like or you know software and all that kind of stuff but like what I, I was just I was asking the question on Facebook and I got a bunch of a bu- bunch of people that were just like totally like, thought that I was like being crazy by asking for like digital uh you know um uh resources and then the same thing with the social media stuff you know I, we, we had somebody on uh recently who was like who basically well when I, w- I was talking about TikTok on here yeah. uh, being a viable uh way to get your music heard and they were like, yeah, uh, n- like none of the bands I'm involved with are for like they're definitely not going to do that. Now I was like, okay, well, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, like, but like, why? If you know, if you're trying to do this thing, and you know that that's where the 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 new consumers are getting a majority of their music from, why not explore the option? I'm not saying to fully embrace it or like or do it. Just just. Ex- don't be so resistant to the new technology. Don't shut it down because what you're doing is that you sound like the the 40 or 50 year old people. Yeah. You know when you were 15 trying to like do your thing, they're all telling you how what you're doing is fucking dumb. I'm not trying to be that person. Like I want to be able to embrace new things and be adaptable to to to, to the current climate. That's you why know? I feel anybody that's like no 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 I don't like TikTok. I'm like okay you don't like fun I guess. Like <laughs> it's like the most amazing thing. Or in the world. or you or or you just you just stop wanting to learn. Like I because can't. Because like there's a new there's a there's a new thing being like presented, 
and instead of embracing it, you've decided that you know, like, like that there, that every, you know, all that there is to be known, yeah. and you've decided that this is irrelevant because it doesn't fit in, within your framework. It's like people. just try and you know, again, there's an obstacle there that's on the individual to overcome, and uh, however that may be, and rather than just shutting it down because the obstacle, because you you've decided the obstacle is just not worth it. Does that user have a have a value there? I mean, that's that's the thing that ultimately drives it. Yeah. It's like, are they trying to get something out of that use case? Yeah. I mean, and that's that comes down to that's what generates market demand, right? Yeah. I mean, it's that perceived or actual value for the end user. I mean, it's such a personal thing. So you, you've either got to market to them so that they feel like, hey, there's a perceived value there, or that's the end of it. Yeah. Um how to get people to even evaluate that question. Like I said, I think that's a whole, I think there's a whole really cool uh, avenue you could go down. I would For like sure. to see that one. I yeah, would, I would, I would like yeah. We, we got to connect with some of your people there. Cause that I'd, would be I'd a cool love one. that. Yeah. yeah. And some of those folks, I mean, I think they got some really cool ideas on that. Hell that yeah. That are much more uh, profound than what I could articulate to you. I would love, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's I did a lot of research yesterday there. and today about, about TikTok, and there's a lot of stipulations about making money out that thing. It's ridiculous. Sure. You have to have 10,000 followers before they give you a dime. The same thing with YouTube with 1,000 followers and 4,000 hours watched. How many? A thousand subscribers. So times that by ten. No, but YouTube, <laughs> oh, but YouTube, but the, the problem, the, the the struggle with YouTube is that YouTube is a much less interactive platform, right, or proactive platform. So yeah. users are not are not actively engaging with things like they would on TikTok or yeah. Instagram, right? I so think it's great. So a thousand subscribers on YouTube <laughs> could be the equivalent of ten thousand followers on on TikTok or Instagram, That's true. right? But then also you need four thousand hours watched. So you can have a thousand subscribers, but you, you only a, have you need to have a hundred thousand views on TikTok as well. Okay, that's much easier to do though on TikTok th 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 than it is on YouTube. Yeah, I guess it, everybody would have to watch it a hundred times then, right? Which is super easy if you think about yeah, like I like right. I, I've got a couple <laughs> I've got a couple videos on 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 TikTok. Uh, that have done like well over a thousand views, no right? Kidding, really? But like, I don't have that many followers on there. But it's just like, yeah. but th that's how e if e that's how easy it is to get the views on TikTok. So it's a, it's a much easier platform to monetize than than YouTube is because it's so a much fat. more proactive platform. All right, this is my last one. Okay. you got to come up with yours. I already got it. You already got it. Yeah. All right, this one is just funny. I don't trust anyone who is marginally good at ping pong and has practiced to do so. Ooh, fucking what? What are you doing? <laughs> like this? Not a fan of the table tennis. No, uh, 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 by any means. It's an Olympic sport. That's fine. Uh, uh, that it is an Olympic sport, but also so is like you know, walking is an Olympic sport. It's not. Yes, it is. Walking. I, do you want to fight me? Or you want to bet on this? Yes, the fucking. I think it's a five k walk. You're not allowed to raise your uh, knees at all and you have to stay like that and it is the best thing to fall asleep to watch watch olympic walking and it is 100 percent a sport and it is the most awkward sport to watch but anyways going back to ping pong yeah just no like it's don't don't be good don't be good at ping pong i think it's a cool sport <laughs> no it's, it. it's not and that's how it's you no know it's no not hunt. because he thinks it's a cool sport oh jeez. Uh, because he oh, knows nothing geez. about sports. Well, that's why it's an unpopular opinion. It's yeah. very unpopular opinion. But, yeah, if you're really good at ping pong and you practice to be good at ping pong, 
I don't trust you. All right. <laughs> I, uh, just love, I just love the way that whole thing is teed up. Yeah. It's freaking I awesome. Don't, I don't fucking trust you. I don't know what your motive is, and I don't want to be around you and uh, alone at all. Jeez. Okay. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a big fan of steak. Steak what? Ooh. Just steak. No, no, well, there's a, uh, like a hundred different cuts. What all are you of them. About? All not, of them. Just in general. Big, just, just in general. The experience wow. of steak. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me. Like wow, I mean, right. it's, not, it's not that I dislike. Better it. question. What's better than steak then? Oh, basically <laughs> everything. I'll take a good burger over a steak any day. That is steak. Yeah, it's no, it's he's it's saying the experience beef. of steak. Like the, there's like there's steak and, and there's ground beef, right? The and that's hard things. for me because I love I'm I just freaking love steak. No, yeah, steak's the I'm, best. I'm not like I'm not I don't dislike steak. I will eat it if it's like, presented like to me. That's a great one. Skirt this is a good one. Or good one. or filet mignon, whatever it is. I like I like I can appreciate it. I will eat it if it's in front of me. Wow. But like people like go out of their way for a good steak dinner. I am not that guy. I will for like, sure. You shouldn't go out of your way for a good steak dinner. You can just make a good one at home. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. Without a fucking doubt. Just my Gordon, my uncle, Gordon Ramsay. You can only have to have I love a grill. you, Henry. My uncle used to fucking nuke those things. Put them right in the fucking oh, microwave. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't <laughs> you can't know. do that. Okay. That's like, well, no wonder that's you that don't Cuban like steak. Shit, I don't like no, people no, no. that. No, but I've gone to steakhouses. I've, done the, I, I've, I've, I've gone to steakhouses and I've done the thing. It, it's It's very good. Don't get me wrong, but like, no, I need to have uh, but, a, like a slow cooked no, charcoal Chelsea, fucking Chelsea, steak. Chelsea, Chelsea's very into steaks. She yeah. loves steaks. Yeah. So whenever we have like like like, like an anniversary, or whatever it might be, like we go to like a steakhouse or do something like that. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where like like I enjoy I enjoy it, right? How she feel but like I don't like I if if it wasn't for her wanting to do that, I would for sure not go to a steakhouse. How, how does she feel? I just don't care. Understood. You know how does I mean? she feel about potatoes? She's Irish. Connolly? That's very close yeah. to Bagley. Yeah, it's a little bit Irish. I love I potatoes, Steak too, Steak and potatoes. I'm a, big, it, but I'm, I'm a big potatoes oh, guy. My favorite also. is like a big bone-in pork chop. That's yeah. like my number pork one. Pork chop? Bro, That's, I'm Cuban. I love steak, but I'm telling you if, you, if you give me the best steak on earth versus like a bone-in fucking center-cut pork chop, gone, dude. Pork can, chop can, all day. Can, can, no. I, can I tell you right now that – so I'm Cuban, and we grew up eating fucking pork chops, bro. I fucking hate pork chops. Oh man, I, I love, love it. Oh, I cannot stand it. I, I love, it. love pork. I love, I love shredded it, pork. You give me a pork chop, I'm like, you've ruined this pork. Oh no, <laughs> like, I love like, it, man. I can't stand it. Really? I, I, yeah, that's like my that's like my number one. Like if I go to a place, yeah, like barbecue, and it's also no, no, like no. a straight up pork chop. Here's the thing, it's I think it's one of the most often overlooked items on a menu that's so if i go to like a fine dining restaurant especially someplace that's supposed to be like a nice place i order their pork chop and i i completely judge them by the by, that's, that's shitty but i completely judge them by the pork chop like how but, do they do because if you deliver on a pork chop you got it down you like them thin or thick thick like thick. i'm talking they're like thicker than a ribeye oh no i'm shit. talking like bone-in big pork chops it's like some lunchables medium. of steak man i, I don't like pork chops mm. I, I love I've it. never I've never had a pork chop that thick before. Honestly, seriously, one, oh man, we, we used to get them like we, we used to get like thinner pork chops. I know what you're talking about. Kid. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, not into that at all. It just tastes like 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 you're saying. It tastes like kind of like cheap, high, like overly it's seasoned chewy. steak. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You got to look for yeah. a thick bone in. Yeah, it'll drive you wild. I haven't I then, then, <laughs> I, then, I, then then I, then I don't know. I've never had that before. Yeah, but so the 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 original statement was. I don't not like. That I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of steak. You're not a big fan of steak. I mean, I'll eat it, yeah. but like people, obviously, people love steak. It's yeah, it's my favorite. I just like it. I I don't get that at all. I don't really like steak tacos though. 
Yeah, I'm, I don't Anyways, do steak tacos. Got one? All right, here's mine. All right. I was thinking about it while you guys were talking it through. Yeah. I think one of one of the best artists of the last five to ten years who I think it is is liked, but I think it's still severely underrated is uh, Brendan Urie. I know that name. Why don't Panic at the Disco? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Uh, might be one of one, might be one of the most phenomenal artists of our uh, of like our time and maybe the generation right after us. I've got I've got a great story about him actually. I was dating a girl and uh, she left me because she got catfished by somebody who said that he was Brenda. Yuri. <laughs> no <laughs> way. That's awesome. Turns out it wasn't. Uh, well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> no way. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's out of control. Awesome. I think the writing, the band is sick. Um, I never really listened to them very much, and I got exposed to them, and I just said, "Oh my God, who's writing these melodies and these hooks, and who's got like this concept of production?" And his vocal range is insane. And, He's uh, a good singer, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm like, wow. Did it's not even it? my number one kind of flavor of music, but I just feel like it's kind of like undeniably. It's very hip. poppy. You'll, yeah, you'll have like to you have to send hip. me some stuff because I've never listened to any. I, I'm, I, I've I've heard like maybe two or three Panic at the uh, yeah, Disco Yeah, I was gonna songs. ask like, did he do anything after Panic at the Disco? I mean, he's still he's still doing that group. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh shit, they're still together. Fuck. Well, and I think that the group has changed a lot. So I kind of started reading about like the evolution of that group and him and all that kind of stuff and kind of just checking it out and it's kind of interesting story, but. Um, but I think he's like, uh, you know, he's he's not underrated because he's a very big pop icon, I guess, you know. But I just think, whoa, you know, what what's going on there musically is pretty intense. Well, even if it's not my specific favorite genre, I just recognize it's kind of like, like now, I love I love funk and that kind of stuff, right? So, like. Bruno Mars is even more easily undeniable to me as like just an amazing pop icon. And yeah, Justin he Timberlake definitely gets too. the credit, but the, the, those guys both get the credit. But they, they get deserve. the credit. Brendan yeah. Urie, I mean, he gets some credit. He did. He's done some cool things and got like some big follow up opportunities. Like he ended up doing the um, the soundtrack for the Frozen Two, the big like oh, Frozen okay. movie. Yeah. He did like the um, one of the major songs on there. How they usually like have the actual. Uh, motion picture song where like the lead character sings a song and then they have like a pop icon come behind it and like right. do a version of the song yeah and panic at the disco did their um follow-up like on the soundtrack which was awesome so they get i think they get some pretty i mean that's a pretty big nod on a mega movie like that sure so, I mean, they're not overlooked but i think for what they're doing, I think it's just absolutely insanely good. Well, there, there's, there's. I mean, I kind of feel the same way about. And Billy's gonna hate this one, but I kind of feel the same way about like about Dave Matthews or something okay. like that. You know, it's like, where it's like they get, uh, they get the notoriety that they, they deserve probably on the on the surface, but then there, there's like this, uh, there's like this level underneath that where people are like. Fuck Dave Matthews, like, like, like the layer of snobbery in there. Yeah, like, well, yeah, but that's because there's some band out there from Vermont that, <laughs> bro, <laughs> just slams it. <laughs> but I know what who, you're saying. Who, who, who though? Well, I think I think in the retrospect of all, yeah, the, the band from Vermont. The band from Vermont. You're kidding, right? Musician, everybody, and a guitarist. So, 
It's the fish. Yeah. Oh, fish. That's that what I thought you were talking band, about. Yeah. I think when you stack, uh, when you I stack mean, all you these different bands, up, he's got really a softer comparable. side. No, I, I exactly. You know that's what, what I'm mean? saying. You you get this you get this layering of like different elements that people cling to. Yeah. That you got to recognize like the different pieces of it that resonate with other folks. Like, like we were talking earlier about different music people. Like, I, I hear you. I think that band is incredible. Look at, look at, uh, look at the band behind the guy too. Yeah. Carter right? Beaufort on yeah, drums. Come I mean, on, man. It's like, it's like, <sighs> you know, their names too. I mean, I mean Carter Beaufort. I was saying you're going to have a hard time <laughs> denying him. That's pretty he's, much He's a it. fucking, I mean, he's a, he's a legend, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dave like is awful. Victor Wooten. I mean, just listen to so, him play. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like he's played, he's done all kinds of stuff, man. But like, but it's like when when I hear the the level because like also they've kind of aligned them. So they're, they're they're like jam band adjacent, right? But like they're not really a jam band. They have like these moments, but they've somehow gotten like categorized into that same thing. But like they're they're because they were an organic growth band, right? Right. They grew on their own legs, right? I mean. I don't know. I think it is a jam band. It's just a different flavor. The kind of jam band that, you know, widespread panic might be, or that fish is another kind of jam band, and they are a different kind of jam. They're band. a different kind I mean, of jam okay band. It's okay just to be different. It's okay just to be different. I, I but mean, I, I just think that. But they're I, pretty huge. I don't know. They no, may no, no. they may be a net grosser. What's their net gross on? They're, they're one of the highest. Like I'll say, I don't they're, know. They're they're, they're they're like one of the top ten highest grossing live bands. In I'll the, say in they the, get the their world. due. They get but their due. They, they do, but like there's also the, like this irrational hatred for them also that I don't really see coming. Well, that's from driven by against success. Dave Matthews at all. I just <laughs> no. hate his music. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about him as a person. Oh, I'm talking okay, about the music. Okay, okay. Yeah, what I'm it's saying music, like, like that's like understandable, right? Why everyone hates it? No, it's because it's really uh, like it's quite Bad. prolific songwriting actually, no. and like there's there's really I mean yeah there's so much stuff going on there. I don't know. I don't I don't not like too his, much stuff. You I don't not say. like his music. Well, there, there, there's like, the, like it's like when, when you look at people that you know, there's like you know this culture in fish, right? And like people, people love fish. People don't always love fish, but it's like it's agreed that like fish is like one of the top jam. Well, they get bands shit on the all the time too. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, not, but I've just noticed a certain level of hate. Like, like there's like a passionate hatred hmm, towards okay. Dave Matthews. I think exists that I haven't seen necessarily with, with, with like you know with the dead community or like the fish community or the widespread community. Like there's like this thing that happens where you say Dave Matthews, like, Oh, well you're, you're a fucking idiot. If you like them. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. Like the, like it's some pretty, uh, top notch songwriting actually. And that's just been my experience. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, just, just but everybody's ki- wrong sometimes. Ju- just to kind of, just to kind of <laughs> add, add on to what you're talking <laughs> <Look> about. <laughs> He's lost. <laughs> Just to add on to what you're saying about musicians that get their due but also don't quite get their due, you know? Yeah, what I that mean? falls into the same bucket. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, you're right. Nobody feels sorry for Dave Matthews. Yeah, nobody feels sorry. No, nobody should feel sorry for Dave. Matthews. I don't think Dave Matthews feels sorry Except for Dave Matthews. I think, he's quite, he I think he's quite all right with the way things have the turned out. The dude's chilling. Okay, like people love his music and he can do whatever he wants. That's like the dream. But it's just like I'm just saying that people that I've just noticed that. There's a there's a there's a, there's a certain kind of like disdain that comes uh, with his name that yeah. doesn't necessarily happen with other jam bands like that. Well, that's that. because his name is yeah yeah. Anyways, Dave Matthews. Yeah yeah, we got it. Okay, not Dave Matthew. Uh, 
It's yeah. Dave Matthews's band. Yeah, yeah, we got it, bro. We got it. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Ben, thanks so much for being on the show yeah. again, man. This hey, is number, number 50. Number 50, big 5-0. Bro. Big 5-0, uh, pleasure. Now it was number 50, it was, it was our first returning guest. So hey, it's like, you. Yeah, That's man. a pretty good run. And yeah. hey, thank you again for having me. Absolutely. And uh, go check, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, go check out. Uh, everything that Side Hustle's doing, great guys doing good stuff. Uh, make Thank sure you, you check out everything that Widgeon's doing too, because that, yeah. that single is dope, and I can't wait. I can't there, wait. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll we'll get more more. more to be uh, more coming soon. Yeah. Right? So, TBD on this release, but it, it's coming soon. Hell yeah. So yeah, thank you. Hell yeah, man. We're excited. I'll catch you later. Adios, amigos. See you later. Adios.